Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about Niobe Labs, the announcement from Bungie that it will not be a dungeon, but an event that will unlock the last forge. Kind of surprised we're getting a fourth forge. I wasn't aware of that. And secondly, some people are disappointed in the lack of a dungeon I talked about. Why that type of content probably won't be in future DLCs and things like that unless it's a big DLC, not in drip feed content. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now, so come on in and hang out with us. Uh, if I'm not live, just click that follow button so you can catch my streams and these Q&A sessions whenever I'm doing them. I stream 7 a.m. Eastern into the evenings around 5 p.m. Eastern, so be sure to tune in then if you'd like to take part in these question answer sessions and submit your questions now guys in chat if you want to be included because we do go long on these questions uh sometimes so friendly fire with the first question what weapons are you wanting out of niobe and do you think they will have new perks that we haven't seen yet i mean i sure hope so obviously this is a this is a long shot right this is a huge long shot but i would love it if they said hey niobe labs is going to introduce new potential perks on all the weapons right the hand cannon the auto rifle the machine gun like that's a long shot and probably isn't going to happen but if niobe labs unlocks a forge that then has its own weapons hopefully maybe those weapons are cooler than the ones we've gotten so far the ones we've gotten so far are fine they're neat looking and they do have cool perk combinations the feeding frenzy rampage pulse obviously and then the you know the the hand cannon that could get rampage and kill clip and then there's the you know i don't know if people really like auto rifles with dragonfly but i feel like an auto rifle with dragonfly is pretty cool you can get a sword with surrounded swords kind of suck but i mean the 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 weapons themselves from the forge none of them none of them are impressive but they're at least unique or cool to some degree they're where they could say hey there's, I've never had a hand cannon where I could stack Rampage and Kill Clip. I've never had a, uh, you know, Feeding Frenzy's almost non-existent in the game right now on primaries. You can get it on Machine Guns, you can get it on the Blast Furnace and the Warden's Law, which, if you want to grind for Warden's Law, when this video hits YouTube, I mean, it's still going to be grindable, right? And if you're watching live right now, you can grind Warden of Nothing. See if you can't get one. So, like, Feeding Frenzy on a Pulse is certainly cool. Man, oh man, I really hope they start buffing Sparrows. Running these areas quickly is so freaking frustrating, especially since they recently raised uh, Power with Forsaken. I feel like it's even worse now than before. Uh, than before. Sparrows are literally a death trap, and you've built strikes where we're supposed to get on our Sparrow and you basically make it an automatic death. And then the wonderful, brilliant, excellent, executed spawning system in Destiny. I'm all the way back at the beginning of the Nightfall. No one knows why. Like, please, 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 Bungie. Like, it cannot be that difficult to buff Sparrows. Like, why is that not a quality of life? Like, why is that not a quality of life improvement right now? Like, this has been a problem for months. And here we sit with co content that is frustrating and takes longer because sparrows are literally dynamite between your legs. Like, for the love of frick, patch sparrows, Bungie. Um, you've created content where I'm supposed to get on my sparrow. I'm not doing this to cheese. I'm literally supposed to do this. That was my fault. Um, 
So, with respect to, like, what weapons, and someone is in chat saying the pulse is very good, the hand cannon is very good, the LMG is great, the auto is good. Auto rifles are trash, and it's an energy auto, so good luck with that. There's no endgame PvE content where the auto rifle is worth, worth a darn. Uh, yeah, the pulse rifle and the auto rifle, as I already said, are good, so you're disagreeing with, I don't, maybe somebody in chat. And then having a machine gun, the only reason having a machine gun is nice is because we don't have another option for decent power weapons. If there were decent power weapons in the game, then nobody would be using those machine guns. You know what I mean? Like, we literally just got stuck at this part, not because we're bad players, but because if you do it the way it's designed, you just keep dying. Because sparrows are like a two-tap. Like, I'm just, I guess if we're going to speedrun this today, we need to not get on our sparrows. Because, like, we literally, I've never struggled with that section that much before. Like, not one of us out of the three could freaking get through. Like, unbelievable. Just poorly designed content, Bungie. You've got to buff sparrows if you're going to have us using them in strikes. Um, Drunk to kill. Does the Forge have a release date? The Niobe, uh, the next Forge have a release date? Well, they said that on January 8th, when Niobe Labs goes live, you're going to be unlocking the next Forge. So I'm assuming that means on January the 8th, the next Forge goes live. I don't know if unlocking the next Forge will be something time-gated, like we unlock it and then have to wait. Um, I'm not really sure. But I, if if it's just an event, I maybe it's a week-long thing i don't know and at the end of the week i would think january 8th would be where i would set my sights so is there anything worse than scouts yeah i mean scouts are literal garbage right now i don't know if scouts are ever going to be good the only way you make scouts good is if you like i said the other day you have to turn them into miniature snipers you have to turn them into miniature snipers like how snipers feel right now that's what a scout rifle should feel like if i'm gonna do do the the change in my play style to draw back and use a scout, it should feel the way that snipers feel now. And snipers should feel like ridiculously ridiculously highly powered. Snipers are garbage right now. Now they might be fine in PvP, but in PvE they're just terrible. We're still living, we're still living under the shadow of a bad weapon system at launch, and I just don't think they've been able to fix everything. They've fixed a lot. But they've definitely not been able to fix everything. Because there's just significant pieces of the, of the weapon system that don't make sense. Uh, and they also just don't land on the design of the game. I think scouts, before they were nerfed into the ground, made sense in a double primary system. Because you could run something for close range, like an auto rifle and a hand cannon. And then on those rare instances where there was somebody being pesky, a sniper or what have you, that was drawn back... Well, then you could get out your scout. But now it's just like, why would I bother doing that? Number one, I'm not running double primary. And number two, scouts have been nerfed into the freaking grounds. Like, yeah. Tide Pod. How should Bungie be prepping for the release of Anthem with it having a potential grab a good chunk of the Destiny player base? Is there anything you think Bungie should do to keep players coming back to Destiny as opposed to Anthem? Uh, assuming Anthem is good, of course. Well, I think this this question has built in it an assumption that I always push back on, and that's that companies should be worried about the release of another game. Unless you are, you know, Battleborn and you launch your launch coincides with Overwatch, there's not a whole lot, I think. I don't think there's a whole lot of, oh my gosh, this other game's coming out. Now, there was no way for Gearbox to know that the innovation in Battleborn was going to be severely undercut by Overwatch. 
Battleborn had its own problems as a game, but if it launched all by itself, it probably would have been a little bit better received because there wouldn't have been anything else like it at the time, and people could have maybe really got into the PvP side of things. Battleborn just got overshadowed by a better game, and it was a Blizzard game, so it's kind of a double whammy. Battleborn had its own issues and its own design flaws that hurt it, and all of those were compounded by another game coming out that in many respects for PvP was superior, and it was Blizzard. So, but that's a rare instance. I don't think there's a lot of times in the history of games, like Division was going to be a Destiny killer, and it wasn't, and you know, Anthem is going to be, in some people's minds, a Destiny killer. It won't. Like, video games don't work that way. And in the in the almost four years that I've been doing content creation, it's never happened, with the exception of the Battleborn Overwatch scenario. And even that wasn't exactly a good parallel to what we're talking about. Battleborn was not an established franchise that got undercut and hurt by Overwatch coming out. Battleborn was a brand new IP from a company where people would have much rather seen Borderlands coming out and it launched at the same time as another IP that was doing something very similar, okay? That's not the same as Destiny being a four-year-old franchise and then Anthem comes on the picture with a completely different style game. It's third person. It doesn't feel like it's shooter-based. There are guns and there are weapons, but it doesn't feel like a shooter the way that Destiny feels like a shooter. Feels more you know, weapon and ability based, and it doesn't look like it's going to be a similar grind of Destiny. It feels like it's going to be more of a Monhun grind. And they say it's not like Monhun, but I'm pretty sure within a week or two weeks of it coming out, people are going to say it's similar to Monhun in the way that you kind of go out and grind. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, that's, that's one of my predictions. So even let's just say, let's just say, uh, Midran OW, thank you so much for the brand new Prime subs. So many people using their Prime subs here today. Thank you for doing that. Welcome. Let's just pretend for the sake of the discussion that what you're saying, like the assumption built into your question, is true, and that Anthem poses an actual significant threat to Destiny. There's not really anything Bungie can or should be doing. I just don't think so. I think what they should be doing is is focusing on their game, their community, and delivering the best content they can with the annual pass. And if they're doing that, then it really doesn't matter. Being like, oh no, Anthem's coming out, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this adventure. That's just more reactionary, that's just more reactionary ideology, and I don't think we want things to be reactionary, right? Um, and, and, ultimately, thank you for five months, uh, thank you so much for five months of subs, JFell44. Ultimately, I don't think, I don't think that, that Anthem poses a threat anyway. When I look at Anthem, I see a game that I think is going to be good, I think it's going to, it's going to appeal to a niche audience, but I don't think Anthem is going to appeal to the casual and the hardcore equally the way that Destiny does. Destiny's probably the only game I think I've ever played where the casuals and the hardcore players seem to love the game equally. They both love it. They both defend the version that they think is the best. They both, you know, ardently say one side, you know, of the game is more important than the other, whether it's the PvE or the PvP guys or the hardcore in both sides. Like, And to the people saying Anthem needs PvP, I don't think it needs PvP. If anything, I think that's going to help Anthem really focus hard on being a loot-based power grind so that you're not like, oh no, this weapon's going to break PvP. 
being concerned with breaking PvP is one of the reasons that a lot of the weapons in Destiny have never really broken out from the kind of cookie-cutter thing we're used to for the last four years. And you have PvP to blame for that to a certain extent. They could do a whole lot more with this weapon system if they weren't worried about PvP balance. The PvP balance almost killed this game anyway with double primary and static rolls at the beginning of D2's life cycle. But it doesn't need it because it'll help. Uh, it doesn't need it because it will help longevity and interest. Oh, but it will help. No, I disagree. I don't think PvP helps longevity and interest because PvP becomes a, a repetitious cycle of of the hardcore committed and the casuals that lose interest. Like most PvP games, like if you think about what Fortnite does to keep people interested, Fortnite reinvents itself every six months. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't look Fortnite doesn't look anything like Fortnite when I played it. You know, in my day, Fortnite, like, it looks like there's planes and there's grappling hooks and there's all kind of insanity. That's how you keep a PvP crowd interested. So I don't even think PvP, even if you look at the history of Destiny, if you try to make the argument that, like, PvP is good for games, keeps them alive, or keeps people interested in, I, I mean, PvP in Destiny has always had the smallest amount of the engaged player base, and it also has been one of the most ardent and most... I don't like to use the term whiny, but like they're the whinier side of the player base. We all can't just enjoy Nova Warp. Why? Oh, because it's it's too strong in PvP. I'm not saying it's not too strong in PvP, but they come out with a really cool, you know, super, and then all we gotta hear about it is how it's so bad in PvP, it's so unfair. And it's just like that's something that Anthem's never gonna have to worry about hearing on their forums, on Twitter, in a YouTube video. They're never gonna hear somebody saying my experience is being diminished and hurt because you guys made something really cool and strong. Because that's essentially what has happened in Destiny for the last four years. Anytime they add anything, it's, man, this is too strong. This is breaking PvP. I will never argue that PvP isn't sort of needed at this point because there's so many people that consistently play it in Destiny. But if you look at the history of the game and the history of the, the engagement, I think Destiny would have been just fine without PvP ever touching it. Because the player base engagement numbers always were just fine without it. And, and, and to a certain extent, they might have been healthier without it because they would have been able to create more content for PvE. They would have been able to create stronger, cool subclasses and builds and weapons if PvP would have never been a part of the equation. But instead, there's significant amount of time that the Sandbox team and the Crucible team spends all this development time on PvP that may have never even been needed if they had just sort of left it out of the game from the beginning. And so I'm not concerned about Anthem not having PvP. The concern you always that, that I always bring up with a game like Anthem is every game like Anthem, Diablo, or Destiny where you're going to play the game as a new hobby. It's going to be one of your new hobbies, and that's how you're going to play, right? You're going to put in the time each week and month, etc. The question is always, is the loop enjoyable? Is the content loop enjoyable? What am I doing every day? What am I doing every week? What is the things and the, what's the meat and potatoes of the game that I'm doing every day and every week, Okay. How do I get newer, stronger stuff? You gotta go do this. And if I don't get what I want, do it again. And if I don't get what I want, do it again. It's exactly what I'm doing right now. Whether you're grinding the forges, a nightfall, or the raid, you're playing things over and over again. The question is always, while I'm doing this, am I enjoying myself? Is it addictive? Is it immersive? Is it like 
pleasing to the eye? Is it is it something that that is that is both accessible and challenging kind of at the same time? Now I know Destiny once you hit max level lacks some of the challenge. This is why we talked about difficulty spectrum in the talk, right? I feel the game would benefit greatly from difficulty spectrum. Being able to crank up the difficulty and have motivation is to do that. Why do you want to play Forges at 650? Well, that's how you get the the new the new mods to drop and that's how you get a you get better bounties from ada that have higher likelihood of of curated roles or whatever like there's a there's a variety of things that you could do if if there was difficulty spectrum in the game and there just isn't and this is where i think this is where the game could really turn a good corner and that's where that's where your different sides of the player base get all their satisfaction right whether you're playing it super, super hard, super, super accessible, or kind of in the middle. And that's the question I'm going to pose to Anthem one, two, three, and four weeks into its life cycle. Are people coming back to Anthem because, yeah, you're going to hit a content ceiling where you're repeating stuff, right? I would even, I would even say, I would even say, before you ask, is the content loop enjoyable? You should also be asking, is the content loop varied enough that you're not immediately doing the same mission over and over again like how long does it take you to get to the end of like the variety of the loop and then when you're doing all the different things like in destiny whether you're doing the uh, you're grinding gambit not a lot of people want to do that whether you're grinding gambit or you're doing i don't know you pinnacle weapon bounties or maybe you're grinding the forges maybe you're grinding strikes maybe you're grinding a nightfall maybe you're grinding a raid how much of that can you do in a given week and have it feel different than the last week right that's going to be the question for anthem i think uh marth marthin or martin how should you try to raise your light level after completing all the powerful gear quests there's not a way to do it so there is not a there's not a um there's not a way to raise your power without the powerful milestones the, the challenges each week those are the only way to do it now they're trying to streamline that a little bit so when you do those you get bigger jumps uh and you can still get your primes to drop as long as you still have your prime attunement that'd be the only way that'd be the only way and if you haven't run any raids yet you could run raids uh the last wish raid would take you up and the new and then primes and exotics. So there's nothing really intentional you can do other than the raid. You haven't done that. Yet. Primes and exotics. Yeah, but there's not like a there's not like a, a farm for that. He said, you know, what should you try? There, I mean, there's nothing to try. Like that's 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 the game. You know, like you're there's nothing to go do. You just play and hope for primes to drop. That's pretty much it. Um. Play Gambit and Crucible? Yeah, you can play Gambit and Crucible and roll your ranks over. I mean, I suppose that does it too. But again, that's that's slow. Well, no, Valor's on an increased drop, isn't it? Isn't it on double? Play your other characters? Yeah. Ginja 300. Do you think that Niobe Labs could be a similar event to the Whisper mission on IO? Now, that would be really cool, Ginja. I never thought about it being like that. I never thought of being like that. That'd be really neat if they said, hey, you know what? Uh, we're not going to tell you what it is. It's just an event. And then we have to figure it out. Because there's all kind of weird stuff happening on IO. 
there's there's these there's blights everywhere there's blights in lost sectors that weren't there before there could definitely be something along the lines of the whisper of the whisper event and then that would go really well with sort of the rhythmic nature of the game right now niobe labs could be something that opens every weekend or maybe every tuesday thursday and wednesday like the middle of the week and you can run niobe labs for something maybe there's an exotic maybe that's where the that projectile fusion drops or something and if you run that then you've got those those days to do it and then it closes and the first time we do it it unlocks the, the next forge that could be pretty cool uh, i can get down with that i would love to see more stuff like the whisper event because then you can tie ships and other things to it lolling buddha with 22 months welcome back so close to two years man thank you very much Next question from Nova Hands. Hey, Lono, what do you think uh, Bungie's overall direction for the franchise is going forward? An accumulation of the best features we've enjoyed so far or innovation and risk-taking that pushes uh, that pushes the game? Well, I'm pretty certain that at this point, the likelihood of us getting a new engine is pretty slim. I don't think they have enough time to do that. But if if my prediction is, and I'm basing this off of just the way Bungie talks about the game and the way they talk about the annual pass and the way they the way they talked about Forsaken, it feels to me like Forsaken is the structure going forward where they're really going to try to dig in on the hardcore sentimentality, grinding for God rolls, um, mods, investment in your gear making leveling and infusion painful is probably going out the window that that's already happening i think infusion is going to become significantly easier again I, enhancement cores will be taken out of infusion i just I, I almost i can almost guarantee it um it's a real it's a real pain point in the community right now and it's not necessary and i think then the the real the real thing they're going to push for the real thing they're going to push for is how can we take drip feed content with you have something like Forsaken Land or a sequel land and then you capstone it with drip feed content? How can we make drip feed content enjoyable? You know, is and I think that's what they're trying to do right now, learning from the annual pass. If anything, if they're structuring and working on the sequel, I think they're probably working on Destiny 3 right now. I think Vicarious Visions is working on the next DLC. And if that's the case, then the, the the teams that work on the annual pass, like High Moon Studios and the live team, is probably just right, gathering information right now. What does engagement look like for Black Armory? What is content, how is the content being received and engaged with, right? Well, they immediately are making pivots about leveling. I think Infusion is next. They're gonna streamline that aspect of the game because that's just a barrier between people and the new stuff. It's not working the way that they hoped that it would. Oh, it makes your experience last longer. Not if people put the game down, it doesn't. It works against its own aim. So if they streamline that and they can make it to where the rhythmic delivery of things like, you know, Joker's Wild and then Penumbra has this feeling of, okay, I'm ready to go. I can hit the ground running and try the new stuff, do the new stuff and go after the new stuff. If they can get the rhythm right, then all they have to do is get the motivation right. 
I think logistically speaking, when you look at the annual pass and what they're trying to do, I think the rhythm is really close to where you want it to be. They're close to getting the rhythm right. If leveling and infusion gets streamlined, then the rhythm is good. And if the rhythm is good, the next question then is, what's the motivation? Is there good motivation? And they're really close there as well. Because if you think about, you know, a lot of what I've said about the breakneck and pinnacle weapons and perks, I think that's the future of the weapon grind, is grinding for things like the breakneck, but with random rolls, instead of like, do 40 gambit missions and get an awesome auto rifle, it'd be grind this bounty over and over and over again and eventually if you're lucky you'll get the curated drop that is really strong the breakneck should have been at the tip of of an auto rifle pyramid and you should have been grinding bounties from the drifter all season and eventually getting the good the good one that has onslaught on it that's the motivation like the, the motivation vacancy is there and but they've got the pieces needed to put to put that puzzle together I think so if the rhythm is right and people get into Joker's wild with a little bit more ease than they got into the black armory so if the rhythm's right like people are leveling up people are invested people are engaged and there's new things to do then the question after that's always going to be do I even want to do the new stuff if the weapons and the and the pieces of motivation are at the level of the breakneck, I think most fans of Destiny would say, yes, I do want to do the new things. I do want to grind for the new weapons. I think that would be the response from the community. I don't think the community is going to look at weapons that add things like what the breakneck offered and shrug at that. Those, those to me are good carrots and good motivation. And if they can get that formula right, then it's just a matter of delivering on those promises. Here's the rhythm. We've streamlined this. We've streamlined that. The motivation's really good. The new perks are really, really cool. And, you know, you're you're not feeling like it's a completely pointless grind. You're not feeling like it's, it's, it's not interesting to you. It's right it's right in that sweet pocket where there's there's always some kind of new thing you can go after and chase. And if they can nail that, then it's just a matter of, okay... How often do we need to li- deliver something as substantive as Forsaken? Is it once a year? I happen to think that it is. And then, I think if they hand off the, if they hand off that delivery system and that rhythm to the right teams, then Destiny can have a really long and bright future. The only big question mark after that point is power creep. Like, don't you get to the point where you run out of things that you can make? How strong can you make? guns that kill trash ads how strong can you make a gun that pop shields and bust majors how strong can you make weapons that are meant for boss dps before you're just kind of repeating yourself well you would hope that that would be they'd hit that ceiling right before the next game right right before the next game comes out it's like you know hey um we've got uh We've got another thing right around the corner. Don't you worry. Here's Destiny 3, and they reset you. Why should I bother playing if they're going to reset me in Destiny 3? I just don't know why you would want to go into the next iteration of Destiny and not be reset. I would think that they would reset us with time travel, like with The Stranger. That, like, that's kind of been one of my predictions. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting all my money in the bank on the table and sliding it over there and putting you know all on all on black here and saying yeah the roulette table is going to land on this but 
I would think they could use time travel and the stranger to reset us in a cool way in Destiny 3. And then when they do that, that's your reset button. And then they just have the formula. They have the formula. Rhythmic deliverable of content with an annual pass. That rhythmic delivery does power creep, new perks, new pinnacle weapons with random rolls for you to chase after that are better than all the pinnacle versions that you got recently. Maybe not better, maybe just different, right? Is is a breakneck really that different than my Warden's Law or a, uh, a Midnight Coup? No, not really. Is it really different than any pinnacle legendary primary? No, not really, but it's fun. And eventually, you're going to run out of perks that make the guns feel unique and fun, and that's when you deliver Destiny 3, and then you just start all over again. New guns, new weapons, new perks. You get them all. You feel awesome. The guns are fun. The guns are exciting. And then the next the next annual pass delivery comes out, and they got new guns, new perks, new fun things to make you feel awesome, and you grind for that too. And you're constantly, like, slowly of your own volition, not because they're forcing you, you slowly but surely are unseating your gear in a healthy way. Right? Playstyle depth with the weapon dev is the next frontier, in my opinion, instead of power creep. Well, right, and my idea does that, right? Like, if you have a weapon that completely changes your playstyle because of some perk they put on it, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Your experience is completely and utterly different because... Be, you know, because you're using some new primary that's like insanely strong or different or whatever than the last. This is why I said, you know, if they, they need to make significant changes to scout rifles, because then I would play different enough to justify being like, well, these are really strong and worth using. So, uh, next qu- question Clark Strider. What is Niobe Labs comparable to? A live event or another forge? We have no idea. So when they say event, it could be a week-long thing like a live event, like Faction Rally. It could also be something like somebody already asked. It could be like the Whisper of the Worm event where it's a mystery. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows where it is. And we have to solve it that week. And when we're trying to solve it that week, it, you know... It could be challenging. It could be cool. It could be the, like it could be the origin of that really cool fusion with the projectile. Just like when we solved the whisper thing, we got whisper of the worm, but then we weren't quite done yet. There was the catalyst. There was the sparrow. There was the ship. You know, there were other reasons to do that. I hope it's a rhythmic event like whisper, right? We're gonna have a slot, by the way. If there's anybody in the community that wants to jump in for the wardens, we're running an arc burn heavyweight build for really quick warden run throughs if anybody wants to farm for warden's claw with us I haven't got one to drop yet today we are going to have a slot open up in just a second next question Solidus Scott are there any specific weapons you'd like to see buffed in the future mainly exotics uh, but would archetypes general I mean scouts have definitely been something we've all talked about uh, with regularity um after that, I would love for fusion rifles to not be terrible as well as snipers. Yo, and uh, another Prime sub. So many new Prime subs today. English Bull, thank you for your brand new Prime sub. Thank you, everybody who's used your Prime subs today. Welcome. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes, your dope, and deserve dope stuff. And you can access the clan system and the LFG system. I can't even get purples to come out of the chest to, like, get me excited. Like, they're all blues. Maybe I should be... Maybe... Oh, I don't have a fire team medallion on. Let me do that. Mida? Who who in their right mind is using a Mida in PvE content though? Like, 
Mita is bad. Like, what, you, what, you're not going to do anything spectacular with a Mita to warrant putting down other exotics. The exotic weapon problem video that I put up got great response from the community, and generally a lot of people were, like, in agreement that one of the main... There's two main problems with exotics. Number one, there's no really good powerful legendary options. There's not really anything worth using. Number two, I mean, killing ads, killing ads quickly, I mean, cool, you can do that with a Mita, but when I do that, I'm putting other really, really great exotics on the shelf, right? So there's two sides to the exotic problem, and so, like, when I say scouts need buffed, when I say scouts need buffed, I mean, you can't respond with Mita, right? That's not a, that's not, <laughs> that's not an answer to scouts being literal garbage. <laughs> um, so, and Silent saying you can have the spot rip, because, I mean, you got it first. So, like, I would honestly, I would honestly put scouts on the shelf for a little while, because I don't care about them as much as fusion rifles and snipers not being literal garbage. Oh, they made fusion stronger. It doesn't matter. Like, high rate of fire shotguns just are so great at the mid-tier spectrum of enemy. Fusions need to match that lethality. Snipers should be in a whole other spectrum of damage potential than they are right now. Just not good. So, that's that'd, that'd be where I'd set my sights. Uh, the number one, the number one vacancy right now is fusions and snipers. And I think you could get a lot more ground out of your fusions and snipers if they simplify the weapon system. Primary, secondary, heavy. Go back to that. Quit all this this illusion of freedom that's not freedom because there's almost no viable kinetic shotguns in the in this spot anyway. So when you run an energy primary, you've got like your choice between three shotguns for PVE, threat level parcel, and then the what the, the a year one weapon, the perfect paradox. And then I guess you could run a kinetic sniper up here if you really really wanted to. There are some pretty decent kinetic snipers. The weapon system is just diluted and confusing right now, and that'd be that'd be where I'd set my sights. Go back to primary, secondary, and heavy. Give us elemental primary, since elemental primaries don't do anything significant to our power at all. They're only there to bust shields. And apply random burns to all the primary guns we currently have. Kinetic weapons can retain, primary weapons can retain their crit bonuses, right? And then you can have two different styles of primaries. Primaries that have damage and reload perks, and primaries that have elemental perks like Dragonfly, or Shield Disruptor, Disruption Break, or Shield Disorient, make those perks stronger. And then, if fusions and snipers were in the same secondary category as shotguns, I believe SMGs should be treated as a secondary weapon as well. Give them green ammo, give them a damage buff, and cut their ammo reserves in half in PvE. So you rip through your ammo really fast, but it's it's seen as a mid-tier, it's seen as a mid-tier close-range ripper, you know. And Telesto should not be a heavy weapon, it should just be an exotic secondary weapon, and then change its ammo economy in PvP or its damage structure in PvP. Telesto should be a pinnacle fusion rifle. It should be a pinnacle secondary weapon. It's great for adds and shield popping as well as as well as the you know the after effects helping with uh, mobs like a big group of adds. It, it does not belong in the power slot at all. Just because it's been problematic in in Crucible, that is a, that is the, the a, a knee jerk reaction and a complete over adjustment 
to put Telesto in the power slot. Get used even less than it gets now. Fergasa uh, Virgo says, Do you feel nerfing supers due to PvP is good for PvE? Uh, if not, what's the solution? I don't know if there's a way for them to nerf supers individual to Crucible. I think that's challenging. Um, oh, neither of us hacked the thing. Uh, I think that's challenging. I think nerfing weapons against guardians and not against, you know, the enemies in the game is a little bit more doable. I think the nature of the super is the problem. It lasts for a really, really long time and its reach is just ridiculous. So Nova Warp, I mean, if you mess with either of those factors, that's going to affect PvE and PvP. That's just always going to be PvP's sort of thorn in the side of the game presence is that if something's really cool and really strong, it may become, you know, targeted for a nerf. Sleeper was really good for invasions in Gambit and Sleeper got its aim assist turned down and it didn't change Gambit at all. If anything, it made it worse because everybody pivoted to Queen Breakers. Like the first game I played against a guy with Queen Breakers, I was like, this is worse than Sleeper. And I tweeted, it was a tweet that aged really, really well. It was like, Sleeper says I'm really annoying. And the Queen Breakers was like, hold my beer, you know? <laughs> like, hold my beer, dude. You just wait until a lot of people start using me in Gambit. I'm way more annoying than Sleeper. So, I don't know the solution other than to... I, the only thing I could think they could do, and this isn't going to happen in Destiny 2, but in the future, why not, like, just imagine with me here... Okay, each one of these triangles, I can push a button and the color changes, right? So maybe right now, all these triangles have a blue outline, like a very faint blue outline. And if I push a button, they get a red outline. And when they get a red outline, I can see how all these perks and supers function in PvP. And when I go into PvP, it's not even up to me. Everything just gets the red outline. It's just letting you know when you're wanting to kind of spec and, and examine things like, oh, okay. These sections each have either a blue outline or red outline. And if it's blue, it's telling me how to work in PvE. And if it's red, it's telling me how to work in PvP. There's no way, there's literally no way they do that in Destiny 2. But it'd be really, really neat if Blade Barrage just it functioned a little bit differently in pvp maybe it would be a more a roaming super where you would you would do your your blade throw you know periodically and if you landed it, it would be like a hammer or a sword it would kill somebody instead of it being this big huge barrage that can kill an entire team and if you're running shards you're getting your super back that might nerf blade barrage in the appropriate way. It's a great roaming super, and if you get a couple kills, shards, it's really feeding shards. But if you only get one guy and then you get killed, well, then there you go. Like, you're not getting a ton of super back. I, like, and that's just me literally off the top of my head suggesting something. Like, people might comment on my YouTube, like, no, that'd ruin shards, that'd ruin this, that'd ruin that. Like, I'm just spitballing with, for the sake of saying if they really, really want... Because then, then what they could do is they could go into the red... They could go into the red diamond and say, we only need to tweak these abilities, these supers in the red diamond, not in the blue diamond, right? Because then I don't have a problem with Blade Barrage, Swifty. I just know people do, so I use it as an example. 
Nova Warp, okay? Nova Warp. When you go to Nova Warp and it's got the blue outline, it's got descriptions, it says certain things. When it's red outline, it's completely different. The duration's different, the damage is different, all of it. So then, this is similar to my idea with Gambit. If in Gambit you invaded with a relic, and there were three different relics, right? A range relic, a melee relic, and then an explosive relic. And each relic had different durations of wall hacks, different health, different overshields, whatever. It all, you know, there was different, there was different, you know, interpretations of invading, and it felt different depending on which one you used. And if one of those, if one of those was too strong, well, then they can tweak that specific relic. So if the red diamond of Nova Warp is too strong, they tweak that. And my Nova Warp that I use in Strikes, Nightfalls, The Raid, Gambit, or whatever, is untouched. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like, oh, great, cool, another great super, another thing I was having fun with, and you just screwed it up. Now, I don't know with with weapons if they could get that complex, because that's a lot of complexity. Subclasses are kind of set it and forget it, right? It's not the same as, like, all the random rolls, all the different perks, all the different pinnacle perk combinations that might exist. It might get a little bit harder to have a red tree and a blue tree on weapons, but I think for subclasses, they might really help themselves out a lot, and on the front end, it would take more time. You'd be like, well, we're going to have to basically create, you know, double the amount of skill like skill trees but not necessarily if if a lot of them are just slightly different versions or tempered down versions you don't have to create an entirely new subtree you just say well the red version of 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 you know blade barrage and the red the red version of uh nova warp is slightly different but the core element of nova warp and blade barrage is still there right so and no, Niobe Labs isn't out, but they made an announcement about no, no Niobe Labs, so we're talking about it. So, I mean, I'm not true doing. I'm not like if somebody thinks I'm doing clickbait. Like we're talking about Ni- Niobe Labs. I talk about. I talked about Forsaken before it was out. I talked about the Forges before they were out. I do that all the time. Like they make an announcement about something and we talk about it. I didn't say if my title said Niobe Labs is out. I suppose people could maybe give me grief, but we do this all the time here. We discuss things before they're out and do Q and A and stuff. Uh, Titan Aboa. Hey, Lono, do you think, uh, do you think that Bungie meant when, uh, what do you think they meant when they called it an, an event? Was this meant that people would not do the event, won't get to the next forge? Well, I mean, that's kind of how it works now. I've already kind of answered this question with respect to, like, is it going to be an event like The Whisper, or is it going to be an event like Faction Rally? I don't know, but with respect to if you don't do it, no, no, you won't. Thank you for six months, uh, GD Unforgiven, dude. That's a purple badge, and thank you for using your Prime sub here. If you don't open up the next forge, you don't get the next forge. Like, there's a process each week uh, that when we unlock the lender, GoFanon, and the new... I always forget the name of the new one. Izanami. Uh, an exotic on the ground. It's a jade rabbit. Just what a slap in the wiener. Um... That's supposed to be the most unlikely exotic drop, a weapon It happens a lot. Uh, fourth Forge is called Bergosia. Bergosia. Okay. So when you unlock the fourth Forge, it'll probably function just like the others. If you don't, uh, if you don't unlock them, don't get to go in. The, the, the first three Forges work the same way. 
Grateful Head. When do you think we will get uh, the Risen Aldrin payoff? Or should I say the continuation of what do you think will come of it? I think he's going to play a role in Penumbra. I don't think they're going to... because if Because Penumbra is where I think they would center it around if they're going to really bring him back into the conversation. Maybe between now and Penumbra, I don't know, maybe every week there's some little teeny thing with with the Queen, right? I don't know. But since Season of the Drifter and Joker's Wild is centered around grip, uh, Drifter, I don't think you're going to see him in that content. I think if he shows up again, it'll be in Penumbra, and that could be a really good precursor to what I've been calling the Taken Queen, which would be the return of Eris Morn and Savathun would be the Taken Queen. And that would be a reason to bring Eris Morn back. I can't imagine them not pulling Eris Morn back out of their pocket. And then at that point, my prediction about Aldrin is that he'll be a, he'll be a continued NPC in the game. He's too good of a character to get rid of, so I was glad to see him back. Like at this point, if you think it's a spoiler, I'm sorry. It's been a week since the cutscene was there. If you turned in the offering and you went into the Queen's thing, you know area there was a little cutscene where he wakes back up. A ghost resurrects him, which means he's now a guardian, which means he could replace Cade. Uh, and that could fracture that could fracture the the Vanguard. We got a Warden's Law, but it's got hip fire and threat detector. Shoot. We want Feeding Frenzy Rampage with a range master work and accurized rounds, which I, we're obviously hunting for something super narrow. Um, so... I don't know if they're going to have him come back and be the Vanguard NPC, or maybe he becomes an NPC that we interact with and it fractures the Vanguard. I don't know. I could see Ikora becoming the new speaker, though. Because of the vision she's been having. And then we might not ever really have a Vanguard. We might just have Zavala, and he's sort of the militaristic protector of the city, and that becomes his role as head of the Vanguard. But there is no, like, three-guardian Vanguard. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Giant Dragon 007, why exotics uh, not have random perks on them? Well, I mean, that's essentially what a pinnacle piece of gear sort of looks like, right? Whether it's the Breakneck or the Jade Rabbit or even my Curated Nation of Beasts is... It's static right across, right? It's curated. It's, it's a crafted... In their mind, it's a perfect... Role. Now, this isn't true for all curated roles. The curated Warden's Law is terrible. The curated Chattering Bones is terrible. Well, it's good in PvP. It's in the raid, so it's terrible. It should be good for PvE if it's curated. Um, but an exotic is supposed to be, like, a step above that. It is a static role, and then there's, like, a, 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 a unique thing about it, whether it's the, you know, the, whatever the... The Graviton does and the Sunshot, you know, those are those are very unique perks that are a part of that static role. Um, personally, I just think that the the curated roles should start pulling from a lot of the exotic perks because a lot of the exotic perks on secondaries and primaries aren't strong enough to be exotics. Uh, Bremer Bro says, "Do you think we will ever get a weekly dungeon?" Instead of the three-week cycle we currently have, I'd love a weekly uh, raid-like challenge that doesn't require six people. Yeah, see, this is something that I think is good feedback for Bungie for future content. 
But if you want my prediction, no, you're not going to get anything like this anytime soon. Uh, because it doesn't, the drip feed, I don't think fits with content that challenging. They gave us a raid, and then a step down from that is a forge, and then, I don't know, like, that's that's pretty much it as far as endgame deliverable. The forge, in too bad, and the raid is supposed to be, like, the pinnacle activity. And then for, you know, Season of the Drifter, for Joker's Wild, there's going to be the pinnacle version of Gambit, and then there's going to be the, I don't know what else, right? Because there's no new raid uh, with with Joker's Wild. So you could look you could look at that content and say, what's gonna be the non-super, super pinnacle stuff? You're asking for something even more on top to be like rhythmically put in the game each week, like another pinnacle activity. I don't think that's gonna happen with drip feed content personally, because I think drip feed content doesn't they wanna target the hardcore, but that's again, we 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 hit this wall, we hit this wall with black armory, right? We hit this wall with Black Armory. People were not at 600, and getting even getting from 600 to 620 something is rough because of the leveling, because of infusion costs, right? So there's like a there's a fine balance of like we're gonna inject stuff into the end game, but we have to get people to the end game. That weird razor that they have to walk on, where it's got to be accessible, but it's got to be somewhat challenging. It has to, you know it has to be quote unquote end game content. I think sometimes people jump to a conclusion about Endgame. They expect they think Endgame just automatically means really, really hard. I think that is not always true, right? Even even in Destiny One, when you were quote unquote in the Endgame and you were grinding strikes with skeleton keys, nightfalls, and raids, were you ever really that significantly challenged? Unless it's like launch week and you're delta or you're too weak for the encounters. Like, you go into a nightfall too early, you know, because the new power structure and you're not quite strong enough yet. You know, that is that is that content truly challenging a week or two later? No, it's not. I think sometimes we, we kind of overshoot in our criticism. It's like, well, has the end game ever really been like that? No. Now, this again is where, this is where difficulty settings would be such a benefit, I think, Bungie structure because the people that want their freaking teeth kicked in and they want it to be blistering hard you have something for them instead of you know here's the forges and then the forges after we all hit max level kind of become a joke which I think is okay for a weapon grind you're kind of grinding for the weapon you don't want it to be blistering hard every single time um, but I think a, a difficulty spectrum gets at the heart of kind of what you're asking for something weekly that's really really difficult and you kind of choose to do it but again I don't think you're going to get a lot of that in drip you said it before that end game can be loot chase right like sometimes it's just about the loot chase it takes you forever because of RNG because of the loot chase and the investment instead of taking really really long because it's hard 16 months from Iceman welcome back dude thanks for 16 whole months Deacon Walker asks a question here. Do you think Bungie announcing that Niobe Labs was not a dungeon is their way of hedging the community's expectations to reduce disappointment when it's released? I mean, that's definitely a threat of what they were doing. I mean, if we're honest, a piece of what they were doing with that blog was saying, uh, you guys keep saying you think it's a dungeon. Streamers, YouTubers, and the like. We need to let you know, 
it's not a dungeon. I don't think that's to keep people from being disappointed. That's just to be like, let's be clear on what you're getting, okay? And that's obviously going to be something they have to lean into more heavily and intelligently in the future. It, you know, streams about the Infinite Force and the Infinite Force was a joke. People thinking that they're going to get a dungeon and they don't get a dungeon. Oh, we're going to add we're going to add forges each, you know, each every so many days you're going to get a forge and people go in day one of the Black Armory and they're like, sweet, a new forge that nobody can play. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's endgame. You have to grind to get into the endgame. Again, Bungie's learning by experimenting to a certain degree and they're learning that day one it's okay to have the content structured in a way that everybody could get take a crack at it and then have it staggered and get harder as you go instead of it being all the way at not even max level but what, what they consider to be the max level to forge day one remember bro do you think we'll ever get a weekly dungeon instead of the, you already asked that stop submitting questions multiple times please uh, did I, is that my fault? Did I scroll? No, yeah, you just asked it twice. You think Niobe Labs would be what makes forging weapons easier, not needing to return to England? They could certainly say, they could certainly say, hey, we want this to be more streamlined process, and a good way of doing that, a good way of doing that is waiting until the end. And saying, hey, you know, we, 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 we made this a bit of a grind in the beginning. It was a little tedious, and now that all the forges are open, um, we're gonna we're gonna streamline this. You know, now it's a it's a quality of life adjustment that they're aware of that needs to happen. Like, but you know, Cosmo said this is good feedback. I'll pass this on. The question's not whether or not they're gonna make the change; it's when. I think that they're like, okay, whoops, yeah, returning to Ada a lot is frustrating, right? Um, if you're constantly having to return A, it's frustrating. And I, I, I've really taken up for in these talks a lot of times. I've really taken up for the console player, right? I've said, man, being on console, this has got to be an absolute brutal time. It's just got to be absolutely brutal because of the loading screen, you know? So that's a quality of life adjustment they're going to make. I don't, ne- I don't necessarily think they're going to just sit on their hands and like, no, nah, it's fine. I think they've admitted just in their response. Uh, and again, when the entire community is saying the exact same thing, then you're you're gonna see you're gonna see those pivots, right? You're gonna see those changes from Bungie. That's why I think Infusion is the next thing they're gonna set their sights on. Um, because they've already set their sights on leveling. Uh, so this is what I've been predicting. They're gonna come back from their Christmas break. And they're going to do their usual, hey, we're all back. Here's your first TWAB. And usually that consists of here are things that we're trying to do. Here are things that we're wanting to do over the next couple of months. One of the first things they're going to announce and then enhancement cores being taken out of infusion. They might even make more adjustments to leveling. I think having each milestone tell you what you're getting, whether it's armor or a gun. I think that's coming. And then third, they're going to streamline the forge grind. Those will probably be announcements we get in January, right? Yeah, you guys are allowed to submit follow-up questions. Just submit the question one time and then be done with it. Like, Nightbot literally replies to you and says your name. And I'm thinking that maybe, maybe, if two people submit questions back-to-back, Nightbot only responds to one of you, but still successfully grabs both questions. 
But I think sometimes people aren't seeing Nightbot talk to them, and they think, oh, I gotta submit it again. We'll look into that. Alright, Rip's, uh, haha, Rip has to go, so if we got room for another person, Silent, if you wanna come in. Bleep Blam Bleep says, If Niobe Labs is an event, do you think it's a misfire with those of the community that may not be able to participate in unlocking the last forge because of lack of power? Or do you think it'll be a perpetual event that you'll be able to participate in once it's to that point? Um, it could say... It could say a couple of things. They could say, Oh, if as long as a team goes in and figures it out. Let's say it's like a puzzle. As long as the team goes in and figures it out, it unlocks it for everybody. It could be... It could be a week-long thing. And if you missed your shot, you missed your shot. I don't think it's going to be like that. Out of all the options, I don't think they're going to say, you have one week, and if you don't get it done, you got to wait. And then what? You have a week where it's not live? Or how many weeks is it not live? Now, they might say, oh, it's an event like Whisper, and it's live Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... And then it reset on Friday, it goes away, and then it comes back, it reset on Tuesday, right? Like, they could do that. Again, whisper on the weekends, whatever this thing is during the week. I honestly don't know. Now, if you're saying, is it perpetual, can anybody go in and do it? I would think, I would think that they're not going to want to keep you from it. From being like, because as you're saying, this could start to kind of compound the engagement problems. Oh, I wasn't strong enough when Black Armory first came out, and I didn't get the first Forge unlocked, and then I, I definitely couldn't get the second one unlocked, and I couldn't get the third. Like, it starts to, it just starts to just stacking problems on top of problems. Engagement problems on top of engagement problems. So, that may, that, that may happen. January 8th may hit, and we may be like, oh, come on, Bungie, what are you doing? Keep in mind, this content structure was built before they saw the community response. I think Bungie knew. Bungie wasn't in the dark about the lack of people at 600. I think in Bungie's mind, the season was going to roll over and, hey, hey, you can all hit new power levels. And people would start grinding. And they'd be like, oh, there's this new Forge thing. I'm not strong enough to do it yet. That's not what happened. People didn't come back. And this, again, this is good feedback for Bungie. People didn't come clamoring back to Destiny because there was suddenly a power level in, you know, increase. It was because there was a new thing to do. And when they couldn't do that new thing, frustration ensued. So this content structure was built before that, cu cu you know, customer feedback. So it is possible, it is possible that Niobe Labs is not structured in a good way, given the feedback we've gotten since the launch of Black Armory. Right? Right now, guys, my fire team's open to friends and clan members. If you want to run Warden of Nothing Nightfall for a Warden's Law, I'm going to wait a little bit longer and then we can always just two-man it. It's not that difficult. Vergasa Virgo says, do you feel like adding dungeons periodically that are rewarding more than once a week would be helpful to the longevity enga engagement? I mean, this is a question that I think gets at the heart of the at the heart of the issue. What type of content is worth adding right now in Destiny? What's going to keep people coming back and kind of in the player pool day in day out? I happen to think it's not dungeons. I know they're making content for hardcores. I'm not against that. But I don't think really difficult, small fire team content is really the way to go right now. I think the forges are in the right lane. They're, they're accessible, they don't take that long, and you can grind for a bunch of different weapons. And the weapons rotate. I think that's a far better lane to be in than focusing on things like 
uh, focusing on things like, well, we've added a, we've added this new we've added this new dungeon. It's one encounter. It's really really difficult, and it shows up every once in a while. And there's stuff that you can get from it, right? Like yesterday was Christmas, so the numbers were obviously down. Christmas less people play. But we, they still had just shy of a million people playing PvE and Crucibles at 700,000, right? So the the nature of engagement, I think, is always going to be up and down, especially when there's things like holidays and stuff. But I don't think Dungeons is ever going to be the injection, is going to be the injection that really reinvigorates the player base. Now, like I said, when they do a substantive DLC like Forsaken, if you got a dungeon in their plan, that's cool. It's its own thing. It's not a strike. It's not a nightfall. It's not a raid. It's its own thing. That kind of development time, I just don't think that's going to warrant their investment right now. Mainly because I just don't think it pulls a lot of players in or back. Uh, JD Gamer. How do you think the PvP community will respond? If Trials is put off in the season of the Drifter making it no trials for nine months if this happens. Um, I think people should be prepared for trials never coming back. I think people should be prepared for trials never coming back. Its engagement was abysmally low. It was always the smallest... It was it was a smaller percentage of engagement than raids. And raids get really small engagement. And it, I think it caused more headaches in the PvP community than it did good. And I know people that watch Twitch are like, this guy's crazy. Trials kept Destiny alive. No, it didn't. It always had the smallest player engagement of any activity in Destiny. Now, maybe in its heyday, that's not true. Maybe in its its heyday, that's not true. PvP gets smaller engagement than the rest of the game. And then out of that smaller engagement, an even smaller, an even smaller amount of people played Trials with regularity. Um, so again, even if, even if it's, even in its heyday, you're devoting a lot of development time, a lot of balance, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears for a piece of the game that just doesn't, I I don't know if it's needed. I don't know if anybody's looking at the game and thinking like, do without trials, destiny is dead. The player, the competitive playlist has a smaller player base than trials did. Well, doesn't that tell you something? I mean, you're literally arguing for me, aren't you? Like, if the competitive playlist has a smaller amount of engagement than Trials did, that's going to be where your Trials engagement comes from. Like, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, if if the if the competitive playlist is abysmally low with engagement right now, that's that's where most of your players would come from for Trials. I, I don't know. Trials was better than competitive playlist game gameplay types. Listen. I'm not saying it shouldn't come back. I'm just saying you should be prepared for that being a potential reality. If they bring it back as 3v3 elimination and it doesn't bounce back and get great engagement and people don't really play it, like, I I don't know. I, I don't know. Us competitive players want trials. Yeah, and there aren't enough of you. I'm not trying to be mean or dismissive, right? I'm friends with guys that played trials every weekend. I ran trials with some of my streamer buds on the weekends, right? A lot of us left the playlist. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right now, the goal of Bungie is drip feed content that keeps people engaged. I don't think Trials fits into that framework. 
right? I, I don't think what's good in Viro, I don't think Trials fits into the framework of their aims right now. Number one, I don't think the Crucible team feels like screwing around with it. You know, balancing it, creating it. And then the Sandbox team knows it becomes a nightmare. Because as soon as Trials comes back, guess what happens? You have the Tifu effect, right? The Tifu effect is whatever Tifu does in Fortnite spreads like wildfire, right? And the same thing happened in Trials. That effect of, like, whatever they're doing, whatever builds they're doing, whatever cheesy, like, exploitative... And I'm not calling out streamers and saying they did anything wrong, but that's what happens. Streamers create the meta, and then everybody complains about the meta. So, like, in the grand scheme of what Destiny needs right now, do you think Bungie is like, yeah, dude, we need trials. We need a game mode that got tiny engagement... A, a fraction of the entire player base at large engage with it, and it caused complaints on the on the forums, DDoSing. Uh, it caused, you know, balancing complaints because basically people watch streamers, and then that meta, you know, spreads like you know crazy. Like Dust Rock Blues is one of the most used guns in Crucible right now. Like I just checked Destiny Tracker. There's a reason for that, man. YouTubers are like, Dust Rock Blues is amazing, it's an easy farm, go for it. And then everybody does, and everybody uses it. <laughs> you know? So, I, if it comes back and people are happy, great. But if you want, if you're asking for my prediction, my prediction is that Bungie is keeping Trials on the shelf indefinitely. Indefinitely. If it comes back, it'll come back September of next year. It ain't coming back with Joker's Wild and Penumbra. There's no way. There's no way. If I'm wrong, then good for the people that wanted it to come back. Good for them. But when Bungie's looking at the structure of the game right now and what they can add, what they can inject that is both appealing, playable, and and drip-feed content that fits that bill for the annual pass... I just don't think Trials is going to be in is is in that purview right. Isn't. And if I'm wrong, I'm I, wonderful for the people that wanted Trials to come back. But just look at all the things they're trying to deal with right now just from the injection of Black Armory. Look at all the quality of life fires they're they're, they're having to think about and put out. They're still right now, it's been how long has it been since they added these these forsaken exotics that everybody hates and these forsaken supers that everybody hates how long has it been and these things are still unaddressed if these things are still unaddressed in december we're almost in january so in two weeks we'll be four entire months from the launch of forsaken right an entire one-third of the year has has passed and these have gone unaddressed you think they're going to add trials to the to the to the fire i don't think so I don't think so. Uh, do, 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 do. do you think we will get an intentional grind for forge armor? It feels like the rarest armor right now. I would love for there to be an intentional forge grind. Because, like, once you get the weapons you want, it'd be really cool to get armor bounties from her. And then you could just keep grinding for a pair of gauntlets until you get the gauntlets you want with the perks you want. I would love there to be intentional armor grind. I would love it. I would love to be able to get an in-game currency... I would love to be able to get an in-game currency for the new raid and then use that currency to turn around and re-roll armor. I would love for that to happen. I would love for I would love for there to be uh, a way 
to get re-rolls on your exotics, and then if you could do intentional armor grinds both in, you know, Gambit and any of the other places that have cool-looking armor, where you could go for the cool-looking armor, but then just keep going until you get the roll you want. That'd be, that'd be freaking dope. I, I don't know. I mean, if you think about the way they typically structure content, I just don't know if that's something they're ever going to let us do with armor for whatever reason. Um, I think that'd be an easy win. That's that's like free. That's almost like free content. <laughs> it's like free content, you know? You just got to drop Mag Outlaw Rampage Orchid. There you go, man. It's the one everybody wants. Uh, Jinx. What's the best way to get mods, old and new, and do you have any thoughts on how to potentially change the process? I touched on this in my talk. I mean, the new ones, it'd be cool if you could get the new ones by having increased difficulty, right? Increased difficulty in the forges that then could be, once you're running the increased difficulty, there would be bounties associated with those increased difficulties to get those, to get those. Whoops, wrong weapon. Uh, that'd be pretty nice. Um, and then, I don't know, um, it's, oh, as far as getting them now, a decent mod component grind is year one lost sectors. Any of the blues that drop can break down and drop mod components. I guess you can do that in your collections as well. I don't know which is a better turnover. So, uh, hypnotic. If we have um, Jonk Prez, did I thank you for 19 months? I hope I did. Jonk Prez, thank you so much for your 19-month resub. I I don't have my alerts turned off during this because we have the, yo, it's a resub. Uh, alerts turned on. Out. Hypnotic says, if we have pinnacle weapons, how would you earn these weapons? Wouldn't there be an issue? Uh, wouldn't we have an issue where we would rely on RNG? Curious what you think. Um, wouldn't we have an issue or would we rely on RNG? I'm not, that question is phrased funny. I, I think the best way to do it is to do RNG with what they do right now with the bounties. It's going to take a second for us to get through the door because he joined. Um, so if I could go each week to any NPC and they had a couple of weapons for that week, the so Devrim K has the old fashioned and the call to serve. And then Drifter has the trust and the um, the bygones, right? And that th those are their weapon bounties for the week, just like Ada. You buy it, you go and grind those activities, and then they they spit out they spit out that weapon, and you can keep doing it over and over and over again. So I can grind Gambit until I get the bygones I want that week for. If every NPC in the game did that, then what you could do is exactly what you're getting at, like a pinnacle version of the old-fashioned, a pinnacle version of the bygones with a unique perk you can't get anywhere else. The Breakneck offers a perk that I believe incentivizes people for the chase, Onslaught. Trench Barrel is another pinnacle perk that you can't get anywhere else. Magnificent Howl and Desperado. These are perks that drive players to pursue that specific weapon. And the forge bounty grind system, I think, created a really good structure of both content loop and intentionality. You you have the intentionality of, I know what I'm getting and I can keep going for it. And every so many intervals, I get a drop, right? 
the only issue really with the, with the, with the the grind with with Ada is how often you have to go back to her. I would love to just be like, can I buy this for the week? The bounty expires after a week. So like in my inventory, I would just have chilling here the the trust bounty for the week, right? I can only carry one from Drifter. So if I want to get his other one, I just got the curated wardens. What a piece of garbage. Thanks for the masterwork cores. Um then, then you know for that whole week you pick one bounty and if you want to get their other one like if you grind for a trust for a while and then you want to grind for the bygones that's fine you go to him and you swap and whenever you have that bounty it fills up spits out a weapon fills up spits out a weapon so then you just fill your you go to all the different NPCs and you fill your bounties with weapon bounties for that week that at certain intervals spit out the gun whether it's guns from Gambit the forges or just grinding out the EDZ for an old fashioned the reason this system would work so well is because Bungie could then focus on one perk per weapon type instead of trying to reinvent the wheel every content delivery. Right? I, if they don't go this route, I, I honestly will be surprised if they don't say, why don't we just keep utilizing random rolls? So if we add, let's say they add a new hand cannon to the Vanguard loot pool. Right? They add a new hand cannon. Well, that new hand cannon can look cool. It can look new and unique. It can look like a Vanguard weapon. And it can still benefit from random rolls. You're like, you know, I wouldn't mind having a new 140 hand cannon or a new 110 or whatever archetype they decide to go with. I wouldn't mind having another one. I'll go for a Rampage Outlaw. Sweet. But then Bungie comes along and says, now hang on a second. This is the only hand cannon in the game that can roll with, you know, incendiary clip. What the heck's incendiary clip? Every crit you land puts an incendiary bullet in the next mag, right? Damage over time bullets, right? So bam, 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 you're nailing all these crits and then you reload the gun and now every bullet is incendiary. What about PVP, Lono? Just let me come up with ideas and let the Crucible team figure it out, right? So what you do in that scenario is that gun with incendiary clip isn't going to suddenly become unbelievably good at killing trash ads, but it would feel cool, it would handle differently, and some people may like it, some people may hate it. It's up to the player base to decide if they want to pursue it, right? So that's the hand cannon clip that, that's I'm sorry, that's the hand cannon pinnacle perk that they come up with for that season. And then the next season, there's a different perk for hand cannon, for whatever new hand cannon they roll out. Then all they have to do is add one new weapon type each season. There's, like, Season of the Drifter lands. There's one new hand cannon somewhere. We don't know who's got it. There's one new pulse, one new auto rifle, etc. You add all the new weapons. That's not that hard. They basically did that for Black Armory, right? There's one of every kind of new... Of, there's one new type of every weapon. And then each of those has the, the garden variety meat and potatoes rolls as you can typically get on their archetype, shotguns and the like. And then you slap a pinnacle version, curated version. Right? Yeah, exactly. Hang on there, hotshot. That gun's got a new perk on it. Like, I don't know. To me, to me, that creates organic grind. People only go for what they really, really want. It leans into the existing value points of random rolls, you know, and 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 the loot grind that they've developed with Ada. All of that is, all of that is then they're benefiting from those systems and those things they've come up with. Those are great value points that get more traction and more longevity. Because if not, 
I mean, if we're honest about the forge weapons, they're good, but they're not as good as they really should be, given the amount of grind it takes to get the version you want. We're kind of doing what we did in D1. There's nothing else to do, so we're chasing weapons that are decent, not amazing. We're chasing weapons that with the right rolls are great, but they're not Trench Barrel, they're not Onslaught, they're not Magnificent Howl, they're not Desperado level perks with respect to uniqueness and how the weapon feels. We're not even talking about power here, okay? A pinnacle legendary weapon ain't going to be much different than the pinnacle legendary weapon right next to it. It's all about just creative, weird, saucy weapons. Because Bungie should basically say, how fast can Onslaught, an Onslaught auto rifle, take it through a variety of content and really test it out and say, okay, what's this thing's efficiency? Give it a score of some of some measure. You know, in areas with trash ads, it's got a pretty good efficiency score. It does a really good job at clearing lots of ads really, really fast, okay? And then every time you come up with a new perk, just design it in a way so it hits that efficiency ceiling. So you're like, this is this is as good as Onslaught, but it's different and it feels it feels cool. In my mind, that's the goal. You're never gonna get faster than killing ads, you know, as fast as we can kill ads right now with a really good pan cannon with rampage, with a really good, you know, if you know what you're doing and you use uh the the you know onslaught with with some intelligence you can really make that gun efficient and that to me means it's not about suddenly having power creep where these new primary weapons are amazing well i mean how can you kill you know enemies any faster than we kill them now two or three taps on a, on a red bar maybe most of them one taps once you're really rolling and have rampage or something like trash ads melt like butter just make sure the rate at which we melt them like butter is equal across pinnacle weapon. Rider, are we too limited when it comes to customization? Why can't we choose our own abilities to combine or swap color combinations with shaders? What else, if anything, can they do to give us more choices? I mean, I already put out my idea of rotating a shader. So when I go and I preview what a shader does, right, there's red, white, and black here. I should be able to push a button that rotates the shader and then rotates the color application. So maybe I want red to be the main color and white to be the highlighter. Maybe I want gray to be the main color with white highlights and then red falls elsewhere. So then there's four potential color applications for every shader. Now, when you're talking about customizing your your abilities and stuff, no. Like, I, I think sometimes people just throw out, throw out a gripe that isn't in line with the way Bungie or Destiny is supposed to feel. Destiny is supposed to have a certain feel. When you throw on Way of a Thousand Cuts, it's supposed to feel a certain way, right? It's supposed to have a certain level of efficiency. And if you suddenly let people start combining perks and combining abilities that previously they couldn't combine, or when the design team was coming up with the subclass, that wasn't a possibility. When that happens... I think you're giving the player too much freedom. An Orpheus rig tether build, a you know way of a thousand cuts build with you know Ophidia Spathe or or shards of Galanor has a certain feel and a certain level of efficiency. And if the, if you get if you get the freedom you want, number one that grates against the identity of Destiny. Number two that just becomes impossible to manage from a balance standpoint, right? We already don't like the fact that like certain supers go into the crucible and break stuff. 
you're you're talking about making that problem significantly worse if I can suddenly go, you know, choose your own adventure on my on all of my abilities, right? To a certain extent, when they let you do that in Diablo, you can create builds that I think are probably too strong. Now, people that are really big into Diablo might correct me on this, but when you could go into Diablo and pick any perk for any button assignment, so if you wanted, you know, typically when you'd go into Diablo, there'd be four things to choose from for your main attack, and so you'd apply that to your main attack button. Well, there was an option that you could go in and turn on where I could have... Maybe I don't like any of the Demon Hunter's abilities in their, like, their fifth button or their button. Well, I can just slide over until I find an ability from basically another tree and use it, right? I forget what that option was called. But whenever you do that, I feel like in Diablo, you end up with builds that are, that are too strong. It's like, well, I'm combining perks that maybe at their inception and their abilities, maybe when they were conceived of, you weren't supposed to be able to do this. I don't think when Diablo 3 first launched you were able to do that that freedom of of you know moving moving from one perk to another. And same thing would happen in Destiny, I think. I think you would just develop builds that are kind of broken. And again, the identity of the game just isn't that that level of freedom. DJ May 88. Uh, how do you feel Bungie to fix or upgrade some of the supers in the game? Too broad of a question. I'm not going to go into all of that. I think the supers are fine. I think some tweaks in PvP are needed, but that's really broad, and I don't have thoughts on the supers right now because most of them, I think, are fun and enjoyable. Nova Bomb's pretty weak, and Hammers feels pretty weak in PvE, but you get Melting Points, so it's, it's like a fair trade. Melting Points one of the strongest abilities in the game. Amish Milkman, I agree with what you have said before about there are exotics that could be legendary with a specific perk. Do you think there should be more options of perk trees for weapons that make it a power or an energy? Um, similar to the last question, I think this is an idea that it sounds nice, but the freedom that you would get would become challenging for Bungie, right? Am I cutting out? Is the noise gate too high? I, I don't know. Maybe I was lowering my voice too much. If, if you give people too much freedom, if you give people too much, like, oh, I, I can now switch this from an energy weapon to a power weapon, then I'm, I'm curious what. I'm gonna talk really quiet right now. I'm gonna talk really quiet right now. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why you would think it's cutting out too early. It looks like it's fine in OBS. Nobody else in chat saying anything. Um, so it might be just you. I don't know. The the freedom that comes with those kind of changes just creates more work for Bungie than I kind of want them to have to deal with right now. I do not want them to have to be balancing people. Uh, it was cutting out on you guys too when I was talking quiet. Hmm. I've not changed anything on the microphone, so. Maybe go to noise gate and just go to, I'll just do defaults. Maybe it needs to open a little bit easier or something. I don't know. That's weird. I've never had an issue with the noise gate. Um, you thought it was your headphones. The only thing I could think is that it's, it's, it's closing maybe too soon. It's closing on a negative 32 and it's opening on a negative 26. Uh, I don't know. I've not changed anything. Uh, it's supposed to hold it. Release is 150 milliseconds. Maybe it's releasing too fast and it needs to hold for longer. 
Uh, it's possible that's what it is. Maybe I need to increase the hold. Millisecond, 250. Because it could just be cutting out sooner than it's supposed to. I don't know. Um, so, yes. I, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that you need to say, okay, we need to leave the weapon system as it is. Because I've made pretty significant criticisms of the weapon system. I've made, I've made pretty significant criticisms of the weapon system. But, but, I don't think that means we turn around and give people tons of freedom. Like, oh, hey, now you can just, you can switch this into an energy weapon. You can switch this into a power weapon. Um, that's too complex. That's way too complex. Um, you can hear it pretty bad. It's not doing it right now. So I don't know if Twitch is having issues, but literally I can watch OBS guys. So nothing's happening right now. My mic is not cutting out. I can literally see the mic staying hot. It's not cutting out. It might have been cutting out on a couple of my words that trailed off, so we'll tw we'll tweak the milliseconds, but it is literally not happening right now. I can visibly see OBS is fine. Um, I may have trailed off on some words, and it, it got bad. I'm also closer to the mic. Maybe I was leaning back in my chair. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. I think a lot of the times when we have these discussions, you guys throw out really cool ideas, but I try to throw out ideas that are a good middle ground, both from like, this is a cool suggestion, but this is also something that's probably been like potentially possible. I don't think Bungie's going to be anywhere close to saying, here are weapons that you can like toggle between energy and power right now, right? It, like I just don't think that's a possibility. I don't think that's something they could they could they could do any anytime near in the future. Grateful head. Couldn't Aldrin come back in Drifter? Drifter hunts bad guardians, right? So he sends us to hunt to get Aldrin who's raising hell all over. Aldrin gets his memories back because of his resurrection is the last wish. I mean, I don't know if he gets his memories back. Um you, this is like, this is super, super in depth. You're claiming that he comes back and he gets his memories and he's bad and we're going to hunt him with Drifter. There's a lot of pieces that kind of have to land for your prediction to come true. Um, there's a lot of things that have to come true for your prediction to happen. I, I, I'm going to give you just a big maybe, I guess. I mean, my predictions are a big maybe too, aren't they? Like, he's a guardian now because a ghost resurrects him. I think they showed us the ghost resurrecting him on purpose, though. That's like, I don't know if that's a last wish. Is that a last wish? A ghost finding him and resurrecting him? Wouldn't, wouldn't the last wish, if he was getting resurrected by a last wish, wouldn't he just come back like, like that all on his own? I don't know. I thought I made it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that, that he's going to be, continue to be bad. I think that the benefit of bringing him back will be him not continue to be bad. That's what I think. So, and if you, if you have really good headphones and you are hearing the mic, like, cut, it's not cutting out. That's just what a noise gate does. The mic shuts off if I'm not talking. That's actually totally normal. Most streamers run some level of a noise gate if there's any background noise it's just so that it, you're not constantly hearing the background noise in my house when i'm not speaking so 
it's not super needed, but if my kids are screaming or the laundry's on or there is, you know, the air conditioner's running or in this case, the heat, I can not talk and you don't hear the constant sound in the background. All you're hearing is, is the mic disengaging and re-engaging. My words are not getting cut off though. So I appreciate you guys trying to help me if there's problems with the stream, but we don't need constant commentary on little, every little like idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic thing that happens with the microphone. That becomes unhealthy. Um, so if there's actual problems, let me know, but it seems to be fine. The Gale Monev says, you think they should open the Shattered Throne to be every week, but only drops powerful gear on the strongest week. Also, should they allow the ship to drop from runs after the first? Yeah, I, I'd be fine with that being there all the time, maybe, and the cosmetic stuff being available all the time. I don't even know if you need to really worry about the powerful drops anymore. Right? I don't know. Like, to me, I don't know if if it's worth holding powerful stuff. Do we need to be holding powerful stuff away from people at this point? Right? I don't think so. I don't think that we need to be saying, you know, these powerful rewards should only be available every so often. If anything, I would, if, if I was Bungie right now, I'd be really considering making milestones recycle more regular or give you a times two on every milestone or something. Hey, every milestone can be run twice, right? What's that hurt at this point? Like at this level in the, in the game, what are you really gaining by gating off power? So if the shattered throne was there all the time, you know, the only thing that hurts, the only thing that hurts is the, the way they have the dreaming city set up. Isn't it, I, as far as I understand it, it's meant to be set up in such a way that the Dreaming City has like a rhythm and Shattered Throne is tied to that rhythm. That would be my only concern. That would be my only concern is that you're, you're not necessarily adding value to the game anymore. Is, 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 that, is that a value point? To have the, the Dreaming City continue to be that way? I don't actually know. I don't actually know. I... In my in my mind, I think that the way it the way that it should work is maybe when they institute stuff like that, it's rare and it shows up every once in a while, and then it, every time the season changes, those things become maybe permanent rhythms, right? So sure, like the Shattered Throne resets each week for maybe powerful drops or something, but the Shattered Throne doesn't go away. And the whisper thing on the weekends. I mean, once we leave that season behind, can we just can we just leave it alone and like have it there all the time? Like, I don't know. I don't know if it serves that purpose once you get so far from its initial injection into the game. Uh, Mystic Ghost, thank you so much for 14 months. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you very much, man, for 14 months, a year plus two. That's you're the best. All right, Dane Ryder, how the frick do you keep the flows looking so on point? Uh, I wash my hair. Uh, Fergasa Virgo, do you think that Bungie would be able to add your raid vendor system in Penumbra, or would that be way later? I mean, I think any raid can have its own its own economy put into it. I don't I don't know. I don't think it's that difficult personally. I really don't think it's that difficult to say. Here's the economy. Uh, it drops at you get so many of the like. Let's just call them raid for the sake of making it easy, they're raid tokens, right? 
you get so many raid tokens per encounter raid tokens can be you know put into a gun to re uh, not a gun I'm sorry a piece of armor to re-roll it and when you re-roll it it says it, you know there's a variety of rolls you can get okay and then maybe there's even the chance of getting the enhanced perks so you say okay the coins drop you get four from every boss encounter and then after you run it your three times you get you get two from every boss encounter right you kind of have the drop rate but you still get them you just get less of them I just don't see why that would be that difficult to add to a new raid if we have to wait all the way until the summer with Penumbra to get a new raid I like they did it in Wrath I honestly feel like they should have done it in Scourge of the Past given that it was it like the raid is got four weapons and it's pretty short a currency the other thing they can do with the currency as I said is have the chest if it costs so many coins to open the chest then why not why not have the the coins continue to drop and then the chest could maybe have a high likelihood of dropping a curated roll or something you know, oh, this is a spot where the shotgun can drop. Well, I've saved up some coins. It cost me, you know, I don't know, 15 coins to open the chest. So I've got enough to open it now. And I'm going to open it for a chance at it. And then you can open up the chest as many times as you want. The extra chest, you can open it as many times as you want. And when you open it, it has a chance at that curated roll. But again, you've got to be running it to get the coins to come back to do it again. So like every three runs, you get enough coins maybe every other run you get enough coins to open one chest whether it's the chest at the beginning the middle or the end and when you get those coins you're like oh sweet I'm gonna go back like I don't know why they wouldn't invest into an, an eternal economy system the way they had in wrath um, with re-rolling in that um, with the addition of enhanced perks I'm not as open to re-rolling unless they allow us to improve perks via enhancement cores otherwise everyone will just keep re-rolling until they get enhanced perks yeah but Zach if the cost is good enough like doesn't somebody running 10 raids a week doesn't that I don't know don't they deserve a chance I mean how often can they really re-roll a set of gauntlets for enhance if you set the price right if once or twice a week they get a chance for them to drop with the right perks and they get a chance to re-roll it with the right perks I don't think you can really cry foul at that if they're grinding the raid and getting the currency I I'm okay with that, you know. Now, if it's too easy and too cheap and you're re-rolling your gauntlets, you know, ten times a week and you only run the raid four times, that's, yeah, that interval is too great. I think you could be, I think we could take what you're saying and what I'm saying and find a happy medium where guns are being re-rolled and people are getting enhanced perks, but it ain't easy. And it feels, it feels quote-unquote deserved or earned. For Gasa Virgo, do you think that factions should be like how they are, how they were in D1 at the Age of Triumph? Yeah, I mean, factions in general need to be, I think, in the tower all the time, but then I think you can still have a faction rally where they introduce new a, a new weapon or new weapons, and then there's that sense of, um, oh, so close... No, not close at all, actually. We got Feeding Frenzy, but we got a Feeding Frenzy with Zen, Drop Mag, and just nothing else worth using. I saw Feeding Frenzy and got really excited. I got I got ahead of myself. Um, 
you know, the faction rally could serve as a way to update and add to the faction's inventory, but the, um, the, the guns are available that week and then they go away and then they come back next month and then they're in the loot pool permanently, right? So like, you know, the first faction rally comes around and every faction gets, I don't know, a hand cannon added and you're like, or maybe it's different. You'd want it to be different, right? Each faction has a different gun, a hand cannon, a shotgun and a rocket launcher. Okay. And you grind that week going for the gun that you want with the roll that you want and you don't get it. And you're like, frick, the next faction rally comes around and now that gun is permanently in that faction's inventory. You always have the option to grind for it. And this is where my, my Ada bounty system idea could get some really good footing. Okay. The second week of the faction, that bounty is just always available from your faction. You go to Dead Orbit, you buy the bounty from Dead Orbit, and you just keep filling up the bounty, and it spits out the hand cannon. And that that's always available, right? Because now you're in the second week of the faction rally. But since you're in the second week of the faction rally, there's another new gun as well you can go for that's going to go away after a week, and then you got to wait a month for it to be added to the, the main pool, right? So that that is, I think, where where they need to take factions. Like, take the idea of Ada, take the idea of faction rally, take the idea of them being in the tower all the time, and kind of develop a nice hybrid, you know, the best of all the worlds. You know, a good combination of everything that we 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 know and love about factions. Faction rally as a, as a as an event didn't work because the grind itself wasn't enjoyable. But I think in concept, it's good to say you've got a week to go for this, right? And then it drops down into the main pool a month later. So it creates rhythmic urgency, but it also creates accessibility, but the accessibility is somewhat staggered. So once you get to the second week of Faction Rally, every single time from that point on, there is a gun that's permanently available in their loot pool that you can go for, and then there's a new gun that's temporarily available. Every Faction Rally after week two is like that. There's one that drops into the main pool, and then there's the, then there's the one that's available only for that week. Deadly Chicken, do you think we will ever see a return of Faction Rally? Yeah, we just talked about this, and it, I think it can come back, but I just kind of outlined how I think it should. Uh, preferred Leaf, sorry if this is off topic. However, do you think we will get an official news of Destiny 3 or Bungie's new IP? Destiny 3, I don't think we're going to hear anything about until the summer of uh, 2020. I think next year, the big push is going to be the next DLC, which I've been calling the Taken Queen. Um, I've been calling the Taken Queen. That's what I think the next uh, DLC will be. Offhand Pillow with 15 months. Thank you so much. So I think like next year, the big E3 push. Double train on left. Love it. Uh, I think the big push at E3 is going to be the next DLC, Taking Queen, and then another annual pass, and then sept- and then 2020, the summer of 2020 is when they're really going to start pushing Dis- D- Destiny 3, or maybe just all of 2020, I don't know. Tur, uh, tur- uh, Tubboat 86, I want to run Trinity Ghoul with a fusion, but I cannot find one in the primary slot, you know if there's any in the game. No, there's no such thing as a kinetic fusion. And this is one of the generic, this is one of the generic, maybe general. This is one of the general problems with the weapon system is you get a gun that at its core, a bow is kind of meant to be a primary weapon, right? 
And a fusion's kind of meant to be a secondary. And when you have a bow in the energy slot, it's really difficult to find something to pair it with. You want to pair it with a fusion. Sorry, you can't. Right? Well, what could I pair it with? It's a good secondary. I don't know. There's like three shotguns that are basically all the same. Um, you know, there's three shotguns. And that's pretty much it. There's some kinetic snipers. But if you want something that kind of fits the bill of, a, of an up-close secondary, killing mid-tier enemies, killing shielded enemies, killing, uh, you know, majors, then you don't have one. Sorry. You know? Uh, T66 Tracker. You think Aldrin will become the new Hunter Vanguard? I think that's the most likely thing they're going to do with him. I'm not saying that's what we're going to get, but I think that's the most likely. STK Wolves. Do you think it seems like light matters more in game modes like Iron Banner than in PvE? Well, light matters in PvE in like a really weird way. Light matters in PvE for like a very short period of time for hardcore players. And it matters a lot for the more slow leveling for the more casual players. There's stuff that you just can't, you can't do. Right? Like... You're not going to go into Nightfalls if you're underleveled. You're not going to want to go into Forges or Raids if you're underleveled. You're generally going to stick to stuff at your power level. But then once you're at max power or once you're matching, you know, endgame deltas, well, then, then what are you doing? Well, then you're primarily going into content that you're at level for, right? And I don't feel that was a really good. I got a really good shards there. I got all my uh, all my blades back, blades back. I mean, I don't go into end game content and I'm like, yo, I'm so glad I'm six fifty, you know. Now the first time you start running Scourge of the Pass and you're not under leveled, you're at level. You're like, oh, I'm thirty six. Oh, I'm forty one. Oh, I'm forty six. Once you start meeting, matching meeting, matching, and passing endgame delta, you feel a difference there, but it's so brief, because eventually you're like, oh, I'm max level now, no worries, I'm good. Um, I'm good to go. You know? So, and this is where, as I said in my talk, difficulty spectrum would be huge here. A difficulty spectrum would be huge, because then you could go... 625 is too easy now. I'm 650. I want to run forges at 650. There's bounties to run it at 650. I get increased drop rates on items at 650. Sweet, you know. I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can to to run it at this higher level. There's maybe I get more of the maybe I get more of the uh, a chance at the new mods. Maybe I get more of a chance at you know the maybe there's curated versions like I think all the remix weapons should have curated roles. Uh, what are the, what are the, yeah, so here's one, Dead Man Walking, like, it looks different, right? I think there should be curated versions of all those guns, and that's something they could put in the harder difficulty forges, right? Like, you only, you only can get those remix versions if you run the harder versions, like, maybe, maybe a curated version of the Swift Ride, or the Galliard, or these other guns, or whatever, maybe those, those curated versions only drop they only drop in the 650 version of the of the forge. That'd be cool. Ruku1012. Do you think that your comment about content producers influencing the PvP meta also applies to PvE? And if we get perk variety and improvements, the community will default to whatever they watch? Well, no, not necessarily. No, because like right now, if you watch me run if you watch me run a a god roll 
Warden's Law, mid a Midnight Coup, a Better Devils, a Breakneck, or maybe I run an Energy Primary. Maybe I get a great roll on the... Maybe I get a great roll on the Orchid. Maybe I got a great roll on the Blast Furnace. Don't you see what's so good about that? If, if the Blast Furnace and the Orchid had pinnacle perks on them, the likes of Trench Barrel and Onslaught, like they were really, really good. You, you like, oh man, these are really, really fun and these are really strong to use. I don't think people would follow my lead like, oh, Lono or Datto or, or Glad or Gigs or anybody who runs PvE content and, and has like builds that they like. I think if anything, people would say, oh, Lono loves the Warden's Law. This person over here hates it. Lono loves Breakneck and Onslaught. And this, this streamer over here hates it. This guy over here, he loves the Orchid. Lono's not as much of a fan of an Orchid. Or Lono loves the Blast Furnace. Or, you know, Datto thinks the Blast Furnace is, is better using than other primaries because of the rhythm of the, the fire rate of, you know, those pulses. Whatever the case may be. Like, I'm not putting words in people's mouths. I'm just hypothetically imagining a world where people would be having these conversations the difference between pve and pvp is a pinnacle loadout in pvp gets gets sort of voted on by the community because you there's just a clear difference between somebody running a god roll in d1 for example there was a big difference between you having your normal matador and somebody with a god roll matador a regular party crasher and a god roll party crasher. There's a huge difference between the two. Like, one wasn't even worth using, and the other was just almost broken with its range and its efficiency, right? Well, you're... Oh, the Neo Bars are a lightning deal right now? Get them. Use code SAYNO to rage for an extra 10% off. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, uh, Deckard. Yeah, I just... I don't, I don't think this problem exists as much in PvE because killing adds quickly... You can only kill adds so quickly. Killing guardians quickly, like, that kind of comes down to just basic math. Like, what's the best weapon for killing guardians? Killing adds, trash adds, majors, shielded majors. There's a big debate there about, like, what's best. A lot of that comes down to preference, right? I can use my onslaught, and you can use your midnight coup, and we're not that different. Right? I can use my breakneck, I'm sorry. And you can use your midnight coup. We're not going to feel that different from each other. Truth be told. You could get your god roll blast furnace, and I could roll my god roll orchid, and we're not going to feel that different as long as our secondary weapon's decent, right? I'm running threat level, and you're running Icolos. Boss damage and efficiency? Sure. If somebody says, well, I'm not going to use these new, like, let's say Bungie hears feedback, and they make legendary grenade launchers significantly better, and legendary rocket launchers significantly better. Well, when it comes time to do boss damage, you're still probably going to see pe people pivoting to the Whisper in certain encounters, and 1K Voices or Thunderlord in certain encounters, or Sleeper, right? The, the third forge, the Sleeper was so good on it, right? You're still going to see people make those pivots and those adjustments when they see content creators use those optimum builds, but when it comes to your primary and your secondary weapons, a lot of that comes down to preference. Zub05, thoughts on making all exotic drops unique and not a dupe, just making them rarer to drop. I mean, I, I'm okay with armor dupes because there can be really, really good rolls. I, I think getting a prime attunement adjustment would be good to where once you're at max level, maybe you could go into your settings and toggle the prime attunement to be for exotics. 
or Valiant had a really good idea, like maybe once you're at level and you don't really need Prime Attunements, I should be able to spend my Prime Ingram in my collections. I go into my collections and I say, okay, spit out another roll on Orpheus Rig, and I use my Prime Ingram to do that. That could be good too. And then if they do that, then they could really be justified in saying, there's no reason for you to ever get duplicate exotics ever. An exotic should drop and be something you don't have yet. And once you have all exotics in the game, an exotic should only drop as armor. It should only drop as armor, because that's a chance at another roll. Zub05. I would like to see exotics stay with guardians across games versus making us re-grind the same thing that they already did. Any idea... Uh, why that is such a problem given Bungie bringing them back also why not add to D2 versus having D3 I think there might be contractual obligations as to why Destiny 3 has to launch um but I also think there's just something within the 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 way that we're wired as gamers if you're when you're thinking about motivating purchase and hype and marketing eventually I think your game your game runs out of steam your game runs out of steam and your and your DLCs are only going to garner so much attention and they're only going to garner so much potential new players destiny 3's goal would be let's let's capture new and old let's reinvigorate the base as well as kind of pulling people in you can't really do that with a DLC now to your other question why why take things away from us just to have us chase them again Personally, right? Personally, I don't understand why anybody would want to grind for something in a video game and then three, four years later be like, yep, I've never had to grind for this again. I always have this with me. Um, I think loot reset in a loot pursuit game is somewhat natural and expected. And if not, th- like, I don't know. Don't you think, like, eventually, how do I get you to put down your your Thunderlord or your 1K Voices or your Whisper? Well, put other good good exotics in the game, right? Okay, but don't you hit a ceiling on what exotics can do? Exotics can only be so strong, they can only kill things so quickly, and eventually you're just going to be adding another exotic that's essentially the same as another. So, like, to me, if Destiny 3 comes out, I don't know I don't want anything coming with me. What the frick is the point of that? It's a loot pursuit game. Like, why am I holding on to guns for forever? I I miss my Fatebringer, and I loved it, but do I want my Fatebringer with me right now? My Vision of Confluence, my Galahorn, my Vex? Oh, well, they bring him back anyway, right? Oh, his body is still here, and, like, you can I hit it up into the air. That was kind of cool. Oh, you know, they brought back Sleeper. They brought back Thunderlord. We just had to grind for him again. So what? Like, who cares? Like, there's a natural progress through a game like this. And what are they supposed to do with you if you land in Destiny 3 and you have all your exotics? You know? Yeah, everyone's still using Midnight Coup. Like, you know, I I, I think I'm always going to err on this side of things. Okay? I feel like we're faced with two choices. We're faced with the choice of Bungie took right now, which is quote unquote respecting player investment. Okay. We could take issue with quote unquote respecting player investment because the leveling system is garbage and infusion is costly because 
players that aren't touched by the infusion cost ask for infusion costs. Lol, right? So we can talk about respecting player time almost being kind of like humorous that they would even use that phrase since leveling an infusion doesn't respect player investment in time. It's a bit of a mockery. Yay, thanks. I got my seventh gun in a row and didn't level it up, up at all. Thanks for respecting my time, Bungie. Um, but that's a little bit of a sidebar rant, right? So we have the respect the player investment category, which is you can still use your Midnight Coup and you can still use your Igalash Shoddy, right? Sweet. And that creates problems for motivation, grind, and incentive. I said this before Forsaken came out. I said it's going to make it hard for people to want to put their really, really prized guns down. Now, I changed my tune a little bit when they showed the new skill trees in the mods, and I was like, you're not going to want to run your year one stuff because I'm going to have a gun with way more perks than you. I'm automatically de facto going to have stronger guns than you. Well, Bungie kind of betrays me and doesn't add a hand cannon that is equal to Midnight Coup. If they would have added another hand cannon like the Midnight Coup, similar archetype, similar perk pools, you could grind for a Midnight Coup that isn't a Midnight Coup, right? It'd be a new gun, mod slot, extra perk possibilities, tier t- you know, tier 10 masterwork, and then I would have been correct. I wasn't correct because they didn't add enough weapons. Had they added another Midnight Coup to the game as far as archetype and perk possibilities goes, you would use it because you could add a mod to it and take it up to t- 10 levels of masterwork. And have that, and have that feeling of like it's new, and it's basically a replacement to my midnight coup. Okay, so respecting player investment has its own problems and its own pitfalls because people aren't motivated to go for the new stuff. They don't necessarily have to. Even if you could grind for the new midnight coup, the differences would be marginal. But it would definitely, it would be something that I think a hardcore player would do because they play the most, right? So they'd be like the most likely to be motivated by a grind that seems like almost like a min-maxing grind. This midnight coup replacement is, a, you know, a teeny bit better. Okay. So that's option number one, is respect the player investment time and try to softly get people to like nudge them away from the year one stuff. Option number two is every year you reset the ethos and you can't, you can't bring your midnight coup with you, right? It does, you can't infuse it. It's capped. You leave it behind, you know? Oh, people will get so mad. Hang with me, okay? Again, this is somewhat contingent upon them creating enough loot so you don't feel like you suddenly don't have a Midnight Coup, right? There would be a new Midnight Coup in the game. There would be a new archetype to match the efficiency, the fire rate, lethality of a Midnight Coup, and then you could add the mods to it, etc. Okay? If they were to do this, the people that would complain the most would also just keep playing and grind for the new version of the Midnight Coup anyway. And the benefit to Bungie would be you wouldn't have all these weapons coming with us being pesky and being almost too efficient. So next year, 2019, when I believe the Taken Queen will land, they're going to be faced with a significant problem. And that problem is going to be God Roll Threat Levels, Blast Furnaces, Warden's Law, Kindled Orchids, God roll, Dust Rock Blues, and Bad Lanterns, and the like that people have invested in, spent time going after, and are the best of the best. What are you going to do with the new gear to motivate me to go and chase it? 
It looks cooler. Neat. Perks are basically the same. Cool. How are you going to motivate me to care about the new loot? I just feel like the only way you do it is as you say you can't bring the old stuff with you. Well, that's not fair. I invested all this time. What's the point in grinding for it? The point of grinding for it is using it, and you arguably use it for any length of time. Now, I know the people that get the most upset about this are the ones who, like, maybe you got your Midnight Coup right before Forsaken came out. And if they would have basically said, yeah, you gotta leave that behind, you'd have been pretty ticked off, right? Uh, truth will set you free with 13 months. I hope you have a good holiday. Uh, I'm a little late with my sub, but glad you're doing well. Thank you so much for lucky number 13. No, wor- no worries about being late on your resub. It doesn't matter to me when you do it. Welcome back. Um, I don't know. That's also not respecting playtime and their grind. If people grind for their perfect roles and they didn't get it until close to the end, they wouldn't be able to use that weapon anymore. Right, and Arhunt, I hear where you're coming from. And in both scenarios, you have to ask the question, though. Is it respecting my grind and my investment as a player to say, here's the new content, nothing's really better than what you have? Right? Nothing's better. If nothing's better, then that's not respectful either. Then I'm just grinding for cosmetic differences. Oh, sweet, I can grind for this new shotgun. What's it like? Oh, it's just a threat level, basically, and it looks different. Right? Oh, but Lono, what if they do your idea and they add new perks and there's pinnacle perks and there's a new shotgun perk that's arguably better than trench barrel. Don't you see there's a ceiling though? They're going to hit that ceiling. I think trench barrel is at the ceiling. It was busting through the ceiling. They had to dead and nerf trench barrel. It was too universally effective. So you can't create a perk that's better than trench barrel. Maybe a perk that matches trench barrel, but even at that point, you I think you hit a point where people say... I'm basically just grinding for loot that looks different than what I have now, but is virtually the same. The reason I think they could do that system now is it's drip feed content, it's annual pass, and they've already kind of set the stage for it with Onslaught and Trench Barrel. uh, And people are proving that if you can get a unique unique roll on a gun, like the unique roll on the Orchid or the unique roll on the Pulse Rifle, people are proving that they'll chase that stuff. But I still I still think by the time you get to September of next year, most of the community is going to be ready for brand new stuff to, to chase. And here's the thing, and this is why I'd rather upset people. I would rather upset you and be like, why did you do this? Now I can't bring my treasured Ikelos shotgun with me or my Midnight Coup. Why would you do this to me, Bungie? Right? That minority, keep in mind, the people complaining about that would be the minority. Not not as many people have all those guns. They don't have the best of the best. Okay? Those people would still play. Are people really going to get that upset? Are they really going to get so mad? They're like, forget this. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. No, they'd be like... Okay, that new gun does look pretty hot, and it's a little bit it's it's a little bit better than what Ikelos used to be anyway, because now I can do this, 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 and this with it, right? And I can I can pair it with this or try this out. It's it's arc instead of solar or whatever. Aren't Iron Banner weapons basically that weapons that look slightly different but the same base weapon, right? And I like I feel like Iron Banner is basically there as a way to say 
if you play PvP a lot, here's an event. I don't necessarily know if it's meant to be like an injection of new loot pursuit. They could do that. I mean, they could definitely do that. They could say, here's a perk on a on a, a hand cannon that's brand new this, this season and you can only get it in Iron Banner. You know? If the tower gets destroyed again, I'm not keeping my weapons there anymore. I just think given the choice, given the choice, I think it's far better and they get far more flexibility and freedom if they say, guys, we have to reach a point where we reset you. We, you, you have to reach a point where you get reset. How You can't have a power structure system based on endless increases of power is ludicrous. It's not possible. You are going to get up to a point where you have the best of the best weapons. What would you grind for in the new system? What? If you have the best primary, the best secondary, the best heavy, if you got all your armor all the way God rolled up to 10 and you got everything you could possibly need, what are they going to give you? You're going to you're going to power creep for an infinitude? You can't do that. Eventually the the numbers just keep climbing, but yeah, but how fast can you kill a trash ad? Oh, well these new weapons one shot everything. Well, that's stupid. Right? Cooler shaders, maybe? Oh, mounts. Yeah, we need mounts. I'm getting there. I can't get the ghost for Curse Breaker. I can't get 1K, and I really haven't cared to play. It makes me not want to even grind for the four weapons because I won't get them until everyone else has them or they get a nerf. Yeah, but I don't know, R Hunt. Like, the grind for the weapons is really intentional. If you're not willing to grind for forge weapons, that's not that's that's on you as a player. Like and maybe because the perks aren't strong enough. But the the system is set up pretty intentionally. To say I'll never get the weapons until they're nerfed is number one's not true. You don't know if that's true or not. Number two, if you're not willing to do the grind, then what do you want them to do? Drop things in your lap, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, no grind, you know, at all? Fatal Gear with a brand new Prime Sub. Thanks for using your Prime Sub here. A lot of people have used their Prime Subs today, guys. Thank you for doing that. I think more people do want to keep stuff. Maybe we can only choose five things to keep. I don't know. I just, I've never met a more schizophrenic group of gamers. Like, I want things to chase. Give us loot, Bungie. Where's the loot? Okay, we'll give you loot. And don't you dare ever, ever take my loot away. Don't reset me. Don't make my old loot null and void. Don't leave it behind. Um, okay. So, how are we going to do that? What What are we going to give you that's better than Pinnacle Gear from the past? It's, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Wall Street with 21 months. Thank you so much. If you had the best weapon at the moment and the new content came out, you would then have to level your gun up to max level with new perks if you wanted to use the same weapon in the new content. Otherwise, you would go for the new RNG weapon. Yeah, but they kind of already do that, don't they, Mike, with Infusion? Are you saying you saying I'd have to, like, invest a crap ton into bringing the old gun up? Or I could grind for the new version? I mean, I still think you're basically just giving people the option of a cosmetic shift or saying you have to level up your old gun. Why? What's the point? Oh, to be stronger. Why? To run the raid. Why? To get the new loot. Why? None of the new loot in there is better than what I have now. You're letting me bring it with me. You see, it just, 
the whole thing hinges. It always, it always, every time is going to hinge on loot incentive. And loot incentive gets diluted every single time they let you bring your stuff forward. Every single time it gets diluted. Unless they can just keep adding perks like Onslaught. Oh, this is this hand cannon is better than your Midnight Coup. Why? Oh, pff, this new perk is awesome. Right? Well, it's not. You're, you're not killing trash ads any faster than me. Right? So it's not more efficient, but at least it's awesome. That's why I think at least in the here and now, they could add more and more perks like Onslaught so the gun feels like an extension of you and you feel powerful. But this idea that they can always add new stuff for you to chase while letting you keep your old stuff, I think is a fool's errand. There's no point except for people that want to use the weapon. It is player investment. Yeah, and in a looter shooter, I think that if you constantly let people carry loot forward... You're constantly diluting. You are constantly diluting the new loot pursuit, because you're constantly saying the new weapons aren't really better. They just look different. You know, like that's kind of what D2 Year One was. What can I grind for? Uh, all the different armor. It's not any better, but it looks different, right? You can grind for this new shotgun or this new hand cannon. It's not really any better than your god rolls that you already have, but it looks different. In all honesty, it's a cosmetic change for the most point part. Right, and I'm still giving you a cosmetic change when I say you can't bring your Midnight Coup with you, but there's a new version of it that you can grind for and level up, right? Um, now, I don't know if contextual power is the, is, the, is the answer anymore either. I used to argue for contextual power. Well, you want to run the new stuff because the new stuff is got its origin in the new raid or its origin in the new like the forge weapons would be stronger in the forge and the raid weapons would be stronger in the raid but that context starts to get really thin okay i got all the raid weapons and they're stronger in the raid but who the frick cares right they're not they're they're okay everywhere else you would want universally strong weapons which there are universally strong weapons already in the game Like, if you think about every single time people have sat down to play Destiny and put in long periods of time and really chased, they're typically chasing loot. Whether they were chasing the Fatebringer, whether they were chasing the Vex Mythoclast, whatever it is they're chasing, they're motivated because it's it's not just cool looking, but it's powerful, right? Fatebringer was very, very strong. You know, it was arguably the best hand cannon at that time. Vex you know and the and all of the like those were those were strong okay as soon as the strength isn't the driver you have to answer the question what is the driver what is the motivating factor in me going after the loot in the forge the loot in the raids the loot in the strikes the loot on the planets like what's the driver if it's if we, if we just keep reverting back to with enough time, it's basically just cosmetics. Like, yeah, it looks different. It looks cool. I don't think that's strong enough. I think you lose the audience at that point. The main reason... The main reason that people came back to Forsaken and really have been putting in the time is because there are new weapons and perk combinations that are seen as powerful. Kill Clip and Rampage coming together. Ra uh, um, feeding Frenzy on a Pulse. Trench Barrel on a Kinetic Shotgun. These are things that people are chasing. Is anybody chasing that that new scout rifle? 
No. Is anybody chasing the new fusion rifle? Probably not. Rocket launcher? No. Why? Because there are guns that are at their level of efficiency or better already in the game. There, there, like, there are already guns like that in the game. We should discuss this more on the podcast. Sure, like, I know that there are people that disagree with me. There are people that are going to comment on this and say, no, respect my player investment time. I just... I don't think people realize how much content's getting diluted and, and loot incentives getting diluted every single time they're like, no, give me new loot, but let me keep my loot. I think those statements are almost, they're almost, they're not completely, they're almost mutually exclusive. Give me new loot, Bungie, but let me keep the old loot too. First of all, why? If you love your old loot so much, why are you asking for new loot, right? It, okay, and, and if you want new loot so badly, why are you so, like, why are you so committed to the old loot? What, what you know? Oh, I worked hard for this and I grinded for this. Yeah. And you've been using it, right? Yeah. You've been using it in Strikes, Nightfalls, Public Events, Gambit. Yeah. Okay. So that's satisfying, isn't it? Sure. So in your mind, the structure of the game should be, I grind for a great piece of weapon weaponry and I never get rid of it ever for all eternity. Don't you think that's somewhat at odds with the looter shooter mentality where there's stuff that I'm chasing and I want to have? It just seems to me, again, it feels schizophrenic to say, I want new loot, but I don't want to get rid of any loot that I've earned. I, I want to be able, I want this loot to stay in the game. I want this game this loot to stay in the meta and stay in my hands. To, to me, I just again I feel like those things are contradictory. They're they're con- it's a confused it's a confused player. And and this is where maybe this is where maybe we're always trying to thread that needle and stay right there on that that middle ground of this is what a more this is what there's casuals and there's hardcores and there's casual hardcores there's there's people that love the game but can't play as much and maybe they're the ones that are like I don't want to have to start grinding for all new weapons again you know it took me a long time to get these and now you're going to take them away from me so you know what I mean maybe maybe that's what that represents Maybe there are so many people that are hardcore in their sentimentality, but they're casual in their engagement. What if that's the real issue for Destiny? And that's why so many people seem like they argue for things that are that are both hardcore in 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 identity, but casual in in execution. May, I mean, maybe that's it, right? There, there are people that love Destiny. They play it on a regular basis. It's a great game. It's one of their hobbies. But when you tell them that they're, they're not going to be able to take their weapons with them anymore, all they know is it took them a month to get Ikelos. That's all they know. They love the game. They play like crazy. And I'm like, why would you love a game where you never, you never get rid of your old loot? Well, maybe that's why. It's... It's like it's like the guy who loves fishing but he can't go fishing all that often, right? He loves fishing just as much as his buddy who fishes every weekend. And so he might go fishing and really want to catch fish easy. Like I don't want to I don't want to not catch anything, you know. And then his buddy's like it's not a big deal, dude. I go every weekend. What's the what's the what's the big deal? So, I I don't know the solution. I don't know the solution. I just know that whenever the new content comes out, if the loot is lackluster, what happens? People stop caring. 
And I don't think you can say, well, good job, Bungie. You respect player time investment and you let us keep all our pinnacle gear and no one gives a rip about your new content or new loot. I don't think anybody can give them an attaboy if that's the result. And I think that's very likely to be the result if you just constantly let people carry stuff into the future. I think eventually you just hit a ceiling where the stuff has to get left behind. You can only make a hand cannon so effective, a shotgun so effective, and once you have the best of the best, Bungie's going to hit that ceiling and be like, we can't make anything stronger than what you have right now. It just is going to look different. And people have already proven they reject a cosmetically driven grind. Saxon, do you believe the meta will shift with the release of the, oh, the sniper? Have no idea. Probably not, because I believe it's a power weapon, isn't it? Or, well, no, you have to use all of your, your, your ammo and you get one shot. So I don't know how many people are going to want to use all of that ammo, reload the whole clip and then get one easy kill. I don't know whether it's energy or kinetic. I think you got to use everything you spawn with. Don't you? I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of people pivot to it because as far as ammo economy goes, it'll be stupid. Oh, it is kinetic. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, if you... I'm, I'm fairly certain, and I could be wrong on this, but I thought people were saying you basically spawn with, the like, the four rounds, and then you got to put them all in, and then that's a, that's a one hit to the body. But then that's it. You're out of ammo. Now you got to go pick up more, right? And if it takes two or three kills to get enough to do it again, I don't think it'll affect them out of that much. Maybe on certain maps. Vicious Spell. Do you think we have so many exotics in the game that aren't really exotic? Like the difference between Huckleberry and the Breakneck. Breakneck is basically a non-exotic Huckleberry. Our exotics have good ideas and good perks like Graviton Lance currently and the Crimson, where there aren't enough to be used over power exotics. I, If we had fewer exotic weapons in the game that were actually crazy, uh, would we want to use them over power? I mean, to a certain extent, this is like, it's like you're quoting my own video to me. I'm always a little suspicious of that like this is stuff I literally said in my most recent video and maybe you're just really in tune with the problem and you kind of thought this on your own and you haven't seen my content but like my exotic weapon talk is literally I talk about this exact thing and I say the exact thing you said here that Huckleberry and the Breakneck are basically the same and the Breakneck's a legendary right and that's why I argue that I think that's the way forward for the weapon system the problem with what you're saying is you're like, oh, make an exotic that's just crazy. Okay, so I want you to invent a crazy primary, okay? Come up with whatever you can, right? Come up with whatever you can. Legit haven't had time to watch it. I have a lot of people that regurgitate my own content in my questions, so I'm like, I'm always like, are you watching my stuff and just spitting it back at me? Maybe, you, like, again, maybe you're just in tune, like I said, with what's going on. Because anybody that uses the, the Breakneck and, and the Huckleberry, it's not that hard to realize, like, wait a minute, this is essentially the same gun, but this is better. Um, so what was I going to say? Okay, so whatever you come up with, whatever exotic primary you come up with, right, is only going to do killing trash ads so fast. So unless you invent like a tactical nuke where you go in a room and you shoot one bullet out and it blows up the whole room, you cannot invent a kinetic primary that is that much faster, that measurably faster than 
the breakneck or a god roll or a midnight coup, a god roll hand cannon, a god roll pulse. We're basically killing ads at the ceiling of efficiency. We're all killing them as fast as possible, right? And if that's the case, am I ever going to use your exotic? Well, if it's crazy and it's wild, maybe, but that maybe is contingent upon one thing. That maybe is contingent upon you creating legendary power weapons that are worth using. The, oh, oh, you can use a hammerhead. Oh, you can use an avalanche. Okay, but rockets and grenade launchers and, and swords are terrible. So as soon as I take off my exotic heavy, Thunderlord, 1K Voices, Whisper, you know, any of those, you're not going to want to use any of those new exotics you come up with. Because if you tell me, oh, the difference between this exotic and that god roll legendary that you have right there is, uh, it's cool. Does it kill ads any faster? No, not really. It's just really cool. Okay, well, I don't mind feeling cool. I like running weapons that make me feel cool. But if it's at the cost of power and I suddenly feel weaker against virtually everything, whether it is a public events boss, a lost sector boss, or a, uh, a, a scout, a strike boss, if I feel weaker automatically, then I'm not going to use your new exotic. I'm going to ignore it. Which is why... All exotics are getting ignored. Sure, they feel cool. Sure, they're awesome. But they're not worth putting on right now. Grateful Head. Bungie calls you up. Luke tells you, my dude, we got one change to D2. Whatever you want, we'll do it. What would you do? I would go back to primary, heavy, uh, secondary, and heavy. And part of that deal is making fusions and snipers not terrible. And give us elemental primaries back. Real elemental primaries back. That makes your weapon system more interesting, more varied, and gives people the option of running Nation of Beasts with a threat level. It gives the people the option of running, you know, that that new pulse rifle, the Blast Furnace, with threat level. Or a fusion rifle that doesn't suck. Right? It's hard to pick one thing, because if you make me just pick, oh, I'll make fusions better. Okay, that's like such a small slice. Oh, make snipers better. Such a small slice. Oh, go back to... You know, primary, secondary, and heavy. Such a small slice. Like, all those things need to happen. All of them. Primary, secondary, and heavy. Elemental primaries. And then make fusions and snipers significantly better. You can run Nation of Beasts with threat level. Sorry, I said it the wrong way. Um, Nation of Beasts with, with the Ikelos shotgun. Sorry, I'll get, I'm sure I'll get comments on my YouTube. Because they won't watch long enough for me to correct myself. They'll just go correct me in the comments. Um, right. Nation of Beasts with Ikelos, or the, uh, you can't run your, your Midnight Coup with Threat Level. You can't, you know what I'm saying? Fergus, Ver, uh, Fergus of Virgo, do you feel that in D3, that D1 players who characters carried over should get an exclusive galley quest? Too specific, don't, don't know, and why? This is so specific. Um, <laughs> and no, I think being like, hey, welcome to Destiny 3. Uh, if you didn't start playing this game six or seven years ago, you can't get this quest for this weapon, you know, or maybe they have to wait or something. I don't know. This is way too specific of a question. Uh, do you think there should be a change to EXP levels to make them less pointless? At this point, I see no point in having to go to level 50 just so I can wear gear requires max level. It's just a, it's just a hurdle. It's a hurdle that's needed when new content comes out. 
it's it it and it, it it kind of almost like insults you it's like well the only real reason this is here is to slow me down this doesn't add value this isn't important to the design and the framework of the game you're just trying to slow me down that's all you're trying to do um and i think that i think that has its place but i think i i don't know why not just take the level away and maybe make it to where you just can't hand stuff down initially or something so the leveling is more individual to the character and if there was more just basic hard caps in the game then it wouldn't feel that painful you get your character to the hard cap and go to the next one get him to the hard cap and go to the next one like all this like passing weapons down and doing different things it's like oh you could still pass the weapons down and I'm sure that would make you level up a little bit faster but that wouldn't necessarily translate into like a a, a huge expedient process. You would still hit the cap and be done, right? You'd still get to the cap. You just got to it a little bit faster. Um, thanks for adding another cluttered app to my phone. Well, thanks for watching, Bubbles. <laughs> JDXL, do you think the Infinite Forest should be utilized a lot more? Like a remastered old Destiny 1 raids. Unique throwback weapons. Well, I thought they should have used the Haunted Forest and had a different boss each week. And the boss has a weapon drop, and the weapon drop chances go up the farther you get, and random rolls, and a curated roll, and there you go. Now I have a reason to run that every week, and then there's a random roll weapon, and there's a reason and incentive to get farther, uh, tangible reward of getting farther. You know, your drop rate chances increase the farther you get, so maybe the first two or three times you kill the boss, you don't get a whole lot, but when you get to wave, what, what was it? What did they call them? They didn't call them waves. They called them. Did they call them levels? I forget what they called them. In any case, uh, in any case, the, you would, the further you got, the higher the drop rate on the gun would go. Uh, HD uh, HFD said, I asked this earlier, so I'm not sure if you covered this, but do you think it's a good idea for Sir Zer to sell Forsaken Exotics, but at a very high price? Some of us have well over a month of playtime and have not received a single exotic, have terrible RNG. So if they do this, not only does it respect our time, but it also protects the grind. I said that I think the answer to the exotic, the exotic drop rate problem is every week you get like a buff for an exotic to drop. I think getting one exotic a week is completely legitimate. Okay. And if you get all the way to Tuesday reset and you didn't get an exotic last week, your drop for the next week is a little bit higher. It's a little bit higher. Um, and then if you get through that week, you know what I'm saying? So eventually, as long as you're playing and you're engaged enough, I feel like you could argue one exotic a week's reasonable. Given random rolls on the armor, you know, given how far we are, right? To me, I think that'd be completely fine. And then, if you're like, oh, people are getting exotics too easy, that they're getting exotics too easy. I mean, one a week, really? Most of the exotic, like, weapons, as we've already talked about, aren't even worth using, right? And then you have exotic quests. You know, then you have exotic quests that you can do to get, like, Ace of Spades and uh, friggin' Malfeasance, right? You have exotic quests. So... I think that'd be a good mix. You'd have those random drops each week, and especially for people that are going for random rolls and stuff. 
you know, I think that could be a good value add. And then it would protect people. I don't want her. I don't want Zer selling stuff. I don't want Zer selling exotics. But because I think Zer should be selling stuff to like either help you re-roll your exotics or maybe sell you mysteries to do exotic catalysts or something. I don't know. I don't think the answer for Zer is to sell exotics. I think the answer for Zer is to do something completely different entirely. Um, three, a one per week is really low. Three to six each. I've been getting each week. I mean, you could still get other ones to drop. I'm saying there could be a buff to like kind of guarantee you a drop each week. I'm not saying then that's it for the week. You don't get any more exotics. Maybe I wasn't making myself super clear there. In my mind, it's a you're going to at least get one. Uh, and then obviously if you're playing more, maybe you have more chances, especially if you run content where exotics are more likely to drop. Right? I don't know. I think exotics are in a weird place because I like the excitement of an exotic dropping in the world. But like today I got a random exotic drop and it was just a freaking jade rabbit. Like at the very least, if it was a piece of armor, I could look at the role and be interested in what it is instead of being like, cool, a duplicate weapon. Uh, you could tie Zer into the idea of handing in resources to get rolls on existing exotics, right? Yeah, like, Zer has bounties each week, just like Ada has bounties each week, and he's like, oh, sweet, he's selling Orpheus rig this week. So I keep going and buying the bounty from Zer, I do the bounty, and I get a roll on Orpheus rig, and I keep doing that all throughout the week. That could be really good, too. Should classes be more diverse in D3 as a Titan should be a stationary... Uh, tank, warlock, spells, buffs, hunters should be fast and agile. I don't know. I know they want to dig into the RPG thing. I don't know if they're ever going to dig into this rigid of a build. And the reason I say that is I don't know if people coming from Destiny 1 and 2 are going to want to have their favorite class like almost completely and utterly changed. Oh, I loved Titans, but now he's a tank and he's not aggressive or fast he's a tank he's slow and has high health you know what I mean so I don't think they're going to go this far I know people are hearing they're going more into the RPG elements I don't think they're going to go this far vicious spell what if the leveling system was like borderlands weapons drop at your level and as you level your uh, increases weapon lose power making you get use weaker weapons but have stronger level Therefore, you're stronger overall. Assuming, of course, the leveling system isn't used to just artificially stall player progress. Yeah, you're not going to get this either. See, this is another thing where people try and, like, take an idea from another game and inject it in Destiny. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Because, like, basically, nobody, nobody would do anything meaningful until they're at max level. Nobody would do anything meaningful until they're at max level. And then, and then max level would just consist of doing nothing but farming for god rolls, which is pretty much we do, what we do now. But the insult with your system would be if an exotic or a really good roll on a weapon drops for you, that's like, oh great, thanks. I can, I'll never, I'll never be able to use this once I hit max level. And to me, I don't think that's appealing. I don't think we want to. I don't think we want to hijack other leveling systems. I think you want to make this leveling system have more intentionality by telling you what you're getting from each milestone. Ada's milestone tells you you're getting armor. If every milestone told you you were getting armor or a gun, 
that's more intentional. A little bit of smart RNG, and then the bigger drops for people that are under 600, bigger jumps in power from both their primes and their milestones, and primes are dropping more often. I think if you add more intentionality and you get people through the leveling a little bit quicker, then what you do is, is you lean into what the Forge brings to Destiny. The Forge brings intentional purposeful grind and if every NPC had something like that Ada's bounty system was in every NPC and it was more educational when you opened up this screen and you clicked on you, you like you could just highlight an NPC you know put a little indicator anytime I go across EDZ it would say it would put right here the cradle of humanity a world of ancient glory waiting to be retaken and it would say uh, Devrim K's reward this week. Old fashioned. Nessus. Failsafe's reward this week. Uriel's gift. So that's educating the players. Like, if I go to that planet and I interact with that NPC, there's a bounty for that weapon. Right? So. And I think Twitch is having problems today. We're having huge viewership swings. We have 50 people come in and 50 people leave. If you guys are having problems, be sure to report that to Twitch. I feel like people are refreshing a lot today. I've never had the viewership last month. I've never had the viewership swing like this. I think people are refreshing a lot today. I don't know what the issue is, but whenever I see big, oh, we jump way up and then we go back down and then we jump way up and then we go back down. People don't rotate that fast. Your viewership doesn't fluctuate that fast. I think Twitch is having an issue today. Um, Alpha, how do you feel if Bungie could add a feature to allow you to interchange your primary energy slots to allow for more customizable loadouts? No, I just wanted to go back to primary, secondary, and heavy. This is, this would just confuse people and wouldn't, and and would get what I want. And it would get what I want. Uh, for, uh, for Gasa Virgo, what exotic catalyst are you looking forward to? And what do you make of a catalyst? Mine is Rat King. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't, I don't have one. I don't know what the catalysts are on a lot of the exotics because we haven't been told. Um, I want to get one for Sleeper, but that's about it. Um, Bubble76, why doesn't Bungie have more viable primary hand cannons? Seems like only options are Midnight and Wardens. Again, not really sure when I predicted that you would stop using your Midnight coup because the new hand cannon would be better. I was assuming Bungie was adding new weapons and new archetypes, and they didn't. Uh, Savage Slayer 26 what do you think about making it to where you can't get duplicate raid weapons, not armor? Um... There's with random rolls and curated rolls. I don't think you can do this. I think getting random rolls that are bad is is the right way for a random roll system to work. So you're basically saying once you get a bad roll, you can never get that bad roll again. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a better solution is to let people run the raid three times for the powerful drops, and you can just keep running the raid and get non-powerful drops because you're going for the random rolls that you want, and that gets it kind of what you're getting at, is it's such a limited opportunity to get a gun, there's only four, and it's random rolls. Maybe the solution that I'm putting forward I think is a little bit better. I don't like the idea of like a punch-out system where every time you get a bad roll, you can never get that roll ever again. Uh, Mung Burrito. Am I a dingus from Astroworking, a Kindled Orchid with Outlaw, and Explosive Payload, and Extended Barrel, Accurized Rounds? No, if you like it, no. Use it. That, use whatever you want. Use whatever you want. You're not a dingus. Um, use whatever you want. The God Roll Orchid that everybody's going for is the one where Rampage and Kill Clip can stack, and Drop Mag helps you keep them stacked. Last question from Haru. Do you think bringing back Arms Day could benefit D2? 
I mean, they have Arms Week somewhere in the data somewhere, and it could have been a placeholder that they don't plan on using, but there were catalysts that required you to do stuff for Arms Week. We have no idea if that's coming. We have no idea if that was a placeholder. Those catalysts could never show up anytime soon. There are catalysts that are still stuck in old content. There were catalysts that you could only get during Faction Rally. I don't know what the frick they're doing with Arms Week or Arms Day. I like the gunsmith. I like bounties. I like grinding for specific weapons. Like, knowing if I do this and then the next week I can I can potentially get something from the gunsmith and kind of watching his rolls on his guns, I thought that was actually pretty fun. So, I'm going to end this one here. Don't go anywhere. There's more things to talk about, more announcements, and more things to share with you guys. So, don't leave. I'm going to do an outro here for the podcast and the YouTube. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now, so come see it. Come see if I am live. I stream 7 a.m. Eastern into the evenings. Uh, so come hang out with us. And if I'm not live, click the follow button on my Twitch channel so you'll know when I am live and can come back and maybe even participate in the Q&A. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching or listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>